I'm Matthew Dyson. I come from Brisbane and Queensland. I'm 18 years old and I'm a bar attendant at Sherwood Services Club. For the last two series of Survivor, there's still yet to be an 18 year old to compete. I'm hoping that you'll give me this chance because I know I can go all the way. Over the last 12 years, I've played sport including cricket, soccer, athletics, rugby league, rugby union, and all kinds of different sports. I know that my fitness is right up to scratch, so I'm gonna concentrate on the strategy side of things. I've secretly been given tapes that show every second, every minute of the day of both Survivor series. So for the next 84 days, I'm gonna lock myself in my room and watch nothing but Survivor. And at the same time, I'm gonna to learn to eat nothing but rice. And after 84 days, we'll come back and see my progress. Survivor Archives, the only podcast going over the complete history of Australian Survivor all the way from Whaler's Way to the current day. And today we're still at Whaler's Way, but we're about to say goodbye to Whaler's Way because we are here to wrap up season one of Australian Survivor. It's a sad day for many of us who love this season and also maybe an exciting day for those who are waiting us to move on to other seasons. But we have a bumper episode to to wrap up this season, give our final thoughts, talk about anything else that we've missed. We've got some listener questions from you guys, some bonus fun things to talk about, and it's a very exciting time to be here to chat about this season. My name is Ben Waterworth, and I come from Brisbane in Queensland. I'm 18 years old, and I'm a bar attendant at Sherwood Services Club. Wow, Uh, Mr. Ben Waterworth. (laughs) Giving me yes. a little bit of shit there about my 18-year-old audition tape. At least I had a crack. Hey, guys, as you know, my name's Matt Dyson, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's been a bit of a long ride, hasn't it? Uh, you know, this this little season one uh, recap all started, uh, what, back in 2019, and here we are today on our conclusion episode Uh Ben, it's been a wild ride. We've learned so much, and I think uh, it's a good way today to finish off and do a bit of a final recap of the whole season and everything that we've uh, learned in the show. Absolutely. And, uh, Matt, you are correct. Good on you for having a go. I will just backtrack on that a little bit there, but I'm looking forward to talking about that uh, video at some point in this episode. But, no, you're right. It, it's been a it's been a very fun journey to be here, and uh, you, you're dying to tell me something here, Matt. What have I done already? Well, I, well, I just want to say I know that you want to, you're all are going to give me shit today about that audition tape, but, I, hey, did I keep my word? I said I would share the video. I've done it. And you know what? To be honest, and we'll, we'll talk about it more later, but uh, – you know, doing this whole recap of this season and then actually going back and, and watching that audition tape that I did in what well, when I was 18 back in 2001, you know, it, 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 that's a time when I, I was at the peak of loving this game. And, and I think from doing this whole season recap, I'm back actually back to that of, of how much I love this game. And, and, and you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to play a couple of days of Survivor and literally and, and that, but, but, uh, and which you always remind me of, Ben, but uh, <laughs> literally no, I, a couple, everyone, just to remind everyone. 
But I'm actually glad I got. I'm actually glad I I got that audition tape and rewatched it and 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 gave it to you and you did a little bit of editing at the end, which was brilliant. But uh, you know, it it does. It reminds me of how much I love this game. We will definitely be talking about it. But no, good on you for keeping your word. Uh, It's a a big thing about that one. And thanks to Craig for really pressuring you on that. But we're excited today. It's not just Matt and I talking about this. Uh, We have two other people joining us today to talk about uh, the season and kind of help us wrap this up. I'm going to start with one, a voice who you are familiar with. I believe you joined us on the very first episode, I think it was, Cable? No, I think it was episode episode four. Episode four. It was one of the episodes. Mm. <laughs> it's been a yeah. long journey. But, uh, yeah, here he is, yeah. the, the host of Cable Unplugged, uh, the host of, well, former host of Survivor Oz, um, the host of many a good game trivia nights. I don't know. I'm sure you've hosted other things. Uh, <laughs> Cable, Brandon, Sage, Cable. Just call him Cable. He's like Madonna. Just one word is all you need. Hello, Cable. Welcome back to the show. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate the invite. Um, but I just want to, before I talk about myself or we go to Matthew Carr, that I just want to say to you two, it's been fantastic what you guys have put together. Um, I don't know if Matt Dyson knows this, but I know you and me in the Survivor Oz days when you were trying to track down all the US survivors, we did discuss trying to get a hold of Australian survivors. And that was probably 2012, 2013 ballpark. And I remember trying to track down these people and doing the things that Matt probably started off with. And it just got to a point where, not frustrating, but I'm not as persistent as Matt Dyson. So I don't think we got any hits. Maybe Katie, uh, Sylvan and Debbie eventually got. But I know that was something we we really wanted to do back then. Um, So the way Matt's been able to be the bloodhound and, and track these people down and not give up, um, it's a credit to Matt, Matt um, to make, I guess, this podcast a success by getting everyone and getting everyone involved because the amount of stuff I've learned listening to all the players come back and actually hear their perspectives has been amazing. Um, so from hopefully all the listeners and the feedback you're getting, I hope it's a big thank you to you two guys for at least persisting because it's it's not a hard t- – oh, sorry, a hard – it's a sorry. It's a hard task to try and get all these people and want them to actually tell their stories. So, for you guys to be persistent and and get all these interviews, and I'm not going to say which ones were my favorite, but some of the ones that surprised me were the ones that I wasn't really expecting to really enjoy. So, good work, boys. Thank you, Cable. Uh, I was going to say you don't need to blow us until the end, but uh, hey, we're we're always open for for a quickie wow. at the beginning. So. Wow. Um, Appreciate it. You'll get maybe your, after COVID. After yeah, COVID. maybe. You, particularly you're in Victoria. You know, I'm not touching you at the moment. Um, mm. But with all of that, uh, we will also introduce our extra guest this week. Very excited. We've talked a lot about him throughout this season. He's uh, been involved thoroughly in terms of listening, and uh, I, I would say maybe the biggest super fan of season one that is that is out there. I'm literally staring at him right now in front of the actual Kadena tribe flag that was out there during Whaler's Way, something that he still owns after all these years. It is a pleasure to welcome to the show the one, the only, Mr. Matthew Carr. Mr. Carr, I'm going to be confused with two Matts on the show today. Welcome back to, well, welcome to Australian Survivor Archives. It's a pleasure to have you here on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to talking about it with you guys. It's been really good reliving it all. It's been a long time. I'm glad that we've been able to uh, to to relive this because, as I said, like you you are maybe the biggest 
super fan of this season out there, which, uh, you know, there, there are a few out there. It's it's not just uh, Mr. Dyson and I, I guess, kind of talking this up. There, there are definitely a whole bunch of you out there. So uh, it, we, we had to get you on at some point. Uh, we're, we're sort of yeah. teased a few times of you getting on here, but uh, we need to hear your voice. I mean, we, we need to hear from you. We need to hear from Mr. Craig Abbott Challenge himself. You know, we put the video up on our social. We need to hear more from you. So this is why you're here. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Can you believe it though, Matt, that, uh, you know, did you ever think like you do own the Kadena flag? We've, we've talked about it. Well, I'm looking at it right now, as Ben said, but with channel 10 doing such a great success of the new version and, and not giving any sort of mention of those early seasons, you know, you being such a big fan of the whole history of Australian survivor, did you ever think like you would get to drag these collector's items back out of the, the cupboard, which I'm sure they were probably sitting in for, for, you know, for over a decade that, that you would finally actually get to talk, not only talk about the season, but like, you know, hang the Kadena buff behind you and, and discuss Whaler's way. Well, it's the first time the flag's been hung in a very long time and it literally was in a cupboard. <laughs> the only thing I ever had on display the whole time is I've got Craig's torch. So that is always on display in the house, but yeah, everything else has been, hidden away for years and years. So, no, it's been really good to bring it all back out and experience and show you guys. And, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. See, Matt, can I just jump in and ask you a question about the torch? How do you yeah. actually have it displayed? Because that's for people that do own a torch. I've got one from a US season and I still haven't had it. It's just in the corner of my garage, but I want to have it standing. What, what did you do? Well, mine, literally, I've got like a tiny little L shape in my living room and it just it stands and leans against the wall in the lounge in the lounge room <laughs> okay so, so it's, it's not simple. it's not affixed to anything to no, keep no, it no, upright no. okay cool no yeah no it stands upright on itself in the corner one yeah. day you'll have a, a display on it and uh showcase it off cable just quickly you've got a, a caramel one from memory do you not oh yes good memory yes yeah yes. i remember i remember the uh, ordeal you had getting that that's a story for another day but uh you know yeah. you had a bit of fun getting that over to australia did you not yes that's that's the one thing i wish that channel 10 would do now would be to give each player their torch once they left like I got to use my torch once, obviously. It got snuffed straight away. Never, never seen it again. So I don't know whatever happened to it. That you, you can't go on and buy them or anything. But uh, it, it is such a shame that they don't give every contestant, you know, or or at least ask them, do you, do you want to keep your torch? Because that's I don't really have much for my season. I've got my buff mm. and I've got the bag. I don't even have my water bottle. Um, but uh, that's the one thing I would love to always have is is the torch. But do, do you think they recycled them, Matt? Do you think? Yeah, I was thinking the same that, thing. That was like peers. Maybe the next season they finally gave it to someone who won. I don't know. No, it was, <laughs> no who knows? It was uh, yeah, who knows? But uh, I think oh, surely there's enough in the budget to let everyone keep their torch. You would think so. Even, you, well, I, I know in 2016, you know, sort of went to air. The, the expectation was, and I'm sure. Uh, Matty Carr would attest to this. We just assumed everything would be auctioned off because let's face it, we, as a show, there's a lot of money invested in it and they've got to somehow recoup a bit of that money. And I, I really thought a lot more stuff would have been auctioned, at least torches. And I know Matty Tarrant from that season as well, he was looking into, cause he wanted to buy his torch or at least bid on it. Um, and I think the players were under the impression that there would be torches available at least or some other, 
bits and pieces, but the fact that they sold nothing that we know of um, is blows my mind. And don't start me on the buffs, but yeah. <laughs> well, that well, that's one thing we've learned from from the Whalers Way season and and interviewing all these past contestants is basically it didn't matter whether you were the, the first boot or, or, or the person winning the game. They all gave the contestants a few little items along the way once they got voted out. So like Lucinda was given the map, the, the original map to, to walk to tribe to her, 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 um, sorry, her camp. She got to keep that. And, uh, and we've seen throughout, you know, the contestants that they've all got to keep, bits from challenges and uh, immunity challenges, reward challenges and, and, and just things around camp. So that's something that was really big, obviously back then they got to keep a lot of stuff. We've seen Craig Abbott. He's got an unbelievable um, memorabilia collection. So it, it is disappointing that they haven't either at least kept that up or like you said, cable auction stuff off for whether it be charity or, or, um, you know, to, to recoup some money. Which I think kind of ties us in great, point for a segue here uh maddie d that you know it comes down to one of these things that we'll talk about in this episode sort of the 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 legacy of of this first season because we've discovered a whole lot from season one through the contestants through the behind the scenes people and everything along those lines but yeah I, i think it's very important to kind of remember that aspect of this season as well because We've, we've talked a few times about no season of Australian Survivor has ever been marketed in the way that Whaler's Way was. And as we've learnt, this is kind of something that Channel 9 didn't want to do. They had to do it reluctantly. But they didn't half-ass this project at all. They, they put what they could into it. At the time, the most expensive production basically in Australian television history for a, a non-drama-based show, non-fictional sort of show, I should say. So things like that really kind of add weight to, to the legacy because from this point forward, when we're covering the seasons from now on, we're not going to have things like this. Definitely not with the next season we're covering at all. And even the channel 10 ones different period. Obviously a lot of marketing is done differently in today than it was in 2002 with things like social media and more internet based marketing. Of course, that's going to be different, but yeah, I mean that that's, that's one key legacy i think this season has while we're on the topic i'll I'll just throw this around the room then uh and this is probably more of a conclusionary question i should be asking but why not we're on the topic maddie carr i mean a legacy of this season something that kind of stands out for you perhaps maybe through hearing some of our episodes or something you've always stood by on since you were such a huge fan of it back in 2002 a legacy uh i just think um I do. So much was put into that season. It's such a shame that it didn't get the attention it deserved. Um, I don't know. It's always it's always been in, like had a good place in my heart. No matter how it was perceived, I always loved it. Mm-hmm. So. Maddie, do you reckon? Do you reckon it was a bit harshly? So well now we look at now people do you're in that fan community you you know how pe- a, a lot of people talk about the season they either talk it down straight away they they just don't even want to refer to it where Ben and I and Cable we we talk this season up and and I can say for one it's actually better than I ever thought it was putting so much effort into it now it's actually quite good um, but the fan community in general don't really want to talk about the season. So, you know, 
what about yourself? Like listening to all our podcasts and all that, do you, do you think maybe it was, un- it does unfairly get that treatment that it really shouldn't and doesn't deserve? I think it suffered a lot in the first episode. And I know you guys talked about that. The whole first challenge, I think, I think that was its undoing. Something should have been done then and there. And I think you got to start the season strong and they started the season not strong at all. And I think that really impacted it unfortunately, because there are so much, like a lot of good things happen throughout that season. And as you always say, like the ending, um, like what happens at the end? I don't think it's ever, like any other survivors ever been that dramatic. None. I'd agree with that. And would you say like one thing I've, I've said all the way through here and Ben's backed me up on this is it actually holds up better now or, you know, 20 years later, almost 20 years later it holds up a lot better now than it did five years after it was actually, you know, aired. Would you agree with that, Matt? Like you've, I know you've recently gone back and, and watched it. Um, what are your thoughts actually of, is it, is it a watchable season? It's definitely a watchable season. And it, it goes back to what Survivor originally was, which is my favourite type of Survivor. Um, and it, it has all of that. I, I really just... I wanted to go back to that and, and re-watching it all and reliving that. It, it's been really good. I, I Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Maddie D. I'm just going to call you Maddie D and Maddie C. I think that's the easiest way to get around this. But um, I, because I, I, I agree. I think we've talked about how this has held up so well, but it's it's interesting because, I mean, again, maybe we're just completely biased here. We're, we're wearing these, you know, rose-tinted glasses of our love of this season, but... It's. I feel that no matter how you feel about this season, it, it has more elements of rewatchability that hold up more than any other season. I, I, I don't know, and maybe I'm just too far into this season to kind of even think about the Channel 10 ones, but I don't know if I've ever really sat down and kind of thought like, hey, I really want to watch... 2017 Australian Survivor Channel 10. I mean, it's a, it's a different beast, obviously, because it's a lot longer. You've got to commit a lot more time to it. But I, I'm with you, Maddie C, in terms of it's the type of Survivor I personally like. It it, it excites me more watching this style. You know, today is, is, is vastly different when it comes to the gameplay and that, and that's obviously what the modern fans love, and that's fantastic. But I like, you know, kind of being taken back to that period of Survivor, it's like that, and even that point in your life, you know, you, you, I, we've talked constantly about where we all were in 2002 in our lives, you know, again, I was 15, I was in grade nine, you know, it's, it's a completely different part of your life, and you, you get taken back to, to everything there, and that's what's been a really good positive about kind of reliving this whole experience, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it really is an interesting thing to kind of, hope that we've maybe achieved with some people who have come along this journey with us that they've been open to re-watching this. Maybe they haven't watched it in nearly 20 years and, and now they're finally thinking, well, hey, this isn't bad. It holds up better than I thought. You know, because, you know, as you were saying, Maddie C, about kind of the first episode killed it. We've talked a lot about that. You know, people gave up and kind of that's what it's been tarnished with. But, um, yeah, it's it, 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 it's been such a, an interesting ride to kind of go over this and, I, I, you asked me five years ago, had I, would I have ever been this positive on this season? I would have laughed in your face, but here I am today. And, uh, you know, I'm up there in the top minuscule percentage of people who will defend that season has been brilliant. 
And Matty, just we, we know Ben just mentioned how he how old he was at the time. We know Cable and I were both, you know, what, eighteen. How old were you when this aired? God, I don't even know. 1984, I was born. So if someone can huh. work that out. Yes, it's been se- seven, eight, <laughs> yeah, 17, 18. Well, yeah, 18 yeah. when I guess when it aired. Yeah, I was working. So, yeah. So you yeah, couldn't apply? That. You were too yeah. young to apply then? Well, yeah, I would have been, been 17. Yeah. Yeah, you would have been. Yeah. But, well, that's actually interesting then because here, Cable and I, we were lucky enough to be able to apply for it, only just, where here you're a super fan of this game. But that must have been a little bit annoying too, that you're just out of reach of being able to apply for this season. I don't know if I actually would have applied or not. I think back then, I can't remember if I, if I wanted to or not. I really can't remember. Have you applied for the Channel 10 ones? No. Oh. Right. I, I, I'm, one of those, I'm one of those ones that, I, you know, when I'm watching it on TV, I'd be absolutely brilliant at everything not. <laughs> I don't know. Ch- Channel Ten, those those Channel Ten challenges, like I'm a stick. <laughs> but I, I would I'd be snapped in the in the first bloody um challenge. If Matt Dyson can do it, you can do it, Matt. It's all good. Like, I don't know. You know I, could, I could slide down that thing. That'd be pretty fun. But I don't know about the wrestling part at the end. <laughs> uh cable I'll go to you in terms of sort of backtracking to that question about the legacy and maybe just even touching on some of the things that were brought up in that discussion train there. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I think the legacy is it's just an underrated season. And like you said, Ben, I'm very, very much in the same sort of sphere as you. I have a funny relationship with the season in that I did enjoy it at the time, but maybe maybe I just went along with the sheep because it was bagged so much. It was almost like I was embarrassed to even say I enjoyed the season and I was just a big fan of Survivor all around. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just really sad. And, like, um, you love the word context. I think the thing that annoys me is that people might see a couple of clips or or see some of the, the like, this challenge you hate. If they see that clip, if they don't have the context of we don't have that sort of budget to replicate the US version, of course we can't do, you know, maybe justice. So, of course, it's going to look a little bit cheap and a little bit nasty in some spots. So that's what frustrates me that people just go, ah, it's shit, it's shit. Oh, that season, don't even – like I see all the time on threads when people talk about it, especially if they've heard this podcast, people are like, what, what season one are they talking about? Well, I'm confused. And when people explain, oh, don't watch it, it's shit. Um, that frustrates me because, like, well, you're not even giving a chance. Your memory, yeah, maybe you didn't like it. And, yeah, I agree. There are parts of the season that are shit. But you've got to put into context with what – what even if we spent $20 million on it, compared to those seasons that the U.S. did at the same time, they were spending, you know, 80 to $100 million. Like, it, that's a huge difference. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Cable, because I, I've just re-watched the Surviving Survivor this morning – in preparation for for this podcast. And one of the things that I really, when Lincoln was walking around the base camp and and showing where everything was, they actually, it comes up on a screen that their art department consisted of four people. At the same time, the US seasons had 30 people working on their art department. Mm. So I think for anyone listening to this, you think what four people doing art department compared to 30, that's a big difference. That's a huge difference. So that gives you a good idea of what the battles that, that Stephen Peters and the rest of the crew were up against to, to, to still give us a decent season to our screens compared to what the Americans had and the budget they had. And 
Yeah, absolutely. When you when you've kind of almost got what uh, six times the amount, seven times the amount of people working on something, and and of course a lot of what they use was just recycled products. You know, I mean, I I joke and bag out from having a really shit challenge, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, when you've got that amount of people and you're kind of working on things like that, you know, you, you can see why that things are falling into place like that, but. It, there were definitely moments of the season that you could not tell that only four people were working in the art department. There were some amazing things in that season that kind of really hold up. And again, going back to my point about this is a season that kind of Channel 9 had a gun to their head that they had to do. You know, I mean, they could have really easily just half-assed this and just gone, oh, well, fuck this. Like, we'll spend a million bucks on it. We'll just film it in a back lot in the car park in Sydney Channel 9 Studios and just be done with it and, you know, we'll never talk about it again. But, you know, they, they did go out to a lot of effort to put a product out there, which, you know, Cable, I'm with you. Like, it's, it is frustrating that, um, you know, the discussion point straight away when you bring the season up is, oh, that doesn't count. You know, and, and like, you know, we, we, we put it out there for listener questions for this season and, and, you know, throughout other comments we've received a lot throughout the season come down to, you know, often arguments about like, why are you calling it season one? It's not season one and things like that. And look, again, that's a debate that pe- people will have to this day where we've gone over this with everyone basically on this show and everyone has their own opinion of it and that that's fine. There is no definitive answer. Um, but yeah it, it it is it is a frustrating thing but uh, again you know kind of i think we're hopefully trying to to bring this out light a little bit more i do want to transition into the surviving survivor now that you've mentioned it uh maddie d it's i mean look anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about we, we've kind of alluded it to a little bit throughout the season we talked on our finale episode a few weeks ago of the actual finale that you know we'll touch on a little bit on this so basically yeah g code we- set Get your G-code set, kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's the episode you were on, Cable. Yeah. Um, basically, it was a, an episode that aired a week after the finale. I think they ended up airing it at, like, midnight from memory. Like, yeah, it, it was, just it yeah. was ridiculously late because, basically, at that point, Channel 9 had had enough of it and wanted to get rid of it. Um, but it, it's an hour-long episode where, essentially, it is just a behind-the-scenes look at making this season. Now, we, we shared a couple of clips in the, the last couple of weeks, you know, sort of the actual footage of this mutiny going on at camp with Shona, Rob, and Joel, uh, you know, the final three bit going on there. Maddie D, you mentioned kind of Lincoln goes on a tour in the camp and kind of showcases that. You know, we, we even see footage of the survivors taking their questionnaires, you know, in their hotel rooms beforehand. Uh, it, it is... It is one of the most insightful episodes uh, into reality TV you will ever see. It, it is absolutely fantastic. I never watched this when it was on at the time. I only watched this for the first time 12 months ago, maybe, because I was one of those people who was like, oh, it's a bit, I don't need to watch that. I'm over it. Um, so I, I thoroughly recommend it. This is definitely on the official Survivor channel out there. So go and watch it. Cable, I'll start with you with this one. You obviously would have watched it, I can imagine, back in 2002. What were your yeah. thoughts on this episode then and what are your thoughts on this episode now? Look, I'll be honest. I haven't probably watched it for a few years. And, no, I did. I agree. It was definitely something I went into thinking, um, especially when they did the preview one with the audition videos with Ben Dark. At the start, I was kind of like, oh, will this just be another bit of fluff thing that just they've put another episode? And the fact that, like you said, they shafted it to a later time site meant to me that they didn't have much faith in many people watching it or maybe it was a, a rubbish product. But you're right. It definitely is a good insight into how they put the season together and, and again, pull back the curtain a bit and actually show the audience what it was like to sort of get 
this show up and running and, and all that, like you said, behind the scenes sort of stuff. But honestly, it's not fresh in my mind. I definitely was glad you showed a few of the clips and definitely the, some of the clips that you put on social media. I definitely remember, but if you want me to recount all, all a hundred minutes, oh, sorry, 60 minutes of the show, then uh, maybe have to defer to somebody else. But um, yeah, no, it was, I did watch at the time and I think it was a G code sort of situation because, because the hour it was on. Maddie C., uh, what, what are your memories of it? Uh, because, I mean, you we'll talk about this forum that I think we've mentioned briefly that you were heavily involved in at the time. But, I mean, I can imagine as someone who clearly was probably more invested in this season than any of us on this episode at the time, I mean, you must have absolutely loved the episode with the, the amount of content that it was showing us. Yeah, I did. And, and back in those days, the reality of Survivor wasn't known. So... You know, you didn't know any of the going-ons behind the scenes or anything. And this was like our first look into, you know, what went on behind the scenes. Um, you know, you see camera crew falling over, all this stuff that you just would have no idea about. Um, interactions between producers and the cast, like, you know, they all got hypothermia. You would have no idea. And back then it was all kept hidden where this was the first time you've actually got to see it. And that was a brilliant episode. I wish they did it for all all of the survivors. I completely agree. Absolutely agree. I mean, I mean, Matt D. Uh, I mean, I, I know you've obviously just literally watched it before we came on air here, but was this something that you remember watching back in two thousand and two when it actually aired, or were you kind of one of us at no, midnight? I'm not watching that. It, it's interesting, Ben. I remember when um, we we first started this podcast. I spoke a lot about the the Ben Dark, um, you know, uh, first episode. And you were like, oh, I've, I've never heard about it. I'm like, yeah, there's definitely an episode. I clearly remembered that. I clearly clearly remembered the audition special. I think that was probably because I was, at the time, I was hoping if they would show my shocking video on there, which they never did. I got to admit, though, I, I just don't recall ever seeing Surviving Survivor. And I think I was a shift worker at the time. Maybe, like we know now, it was shown a couple of weeks later. Um and it was on late at night. Maybe I missed it. And then back then, we, another thing we've spoken about is you couldn't just go back and rewatch it on, on catch-up TV. So it wasn't until, what, nine months ago when we started this that when we got all those episodes that I watched it, I thought, how good is this? Because I'm one of those people that will go onto YouTube and 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 watch, you know, Jeff Probes do a behind-the-scenes, I think it was of Gabon and 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 those sort of places because that intrigues me. I want to, I want to see like here they are in the middle of Africa. Like how are they, how are the crew setting all this up? I want to know as a fan. So I've gone and watched those clips on YouTube where we don't see that in Australian survivor, but we did with this season. So for me, it was like an extra episode that 20 years ago, I never got to see that now here. Oh, wow. Like I'm getting to see this new episode. So for me, it was fantastic. And a lot of that comes down to two that we've mentioned a lot context there's my word again cable that you know reality tv very fresh very new very big huge at the time so this was actually very common back in the day to kind of have this i mean you, you sort of mentioned going back and watching those behind the scene things like jeff Probst and that two of my favorite episodes of of us survivor ever are back from the outback and back from africa which they did after season two and season three where you actually got to see the players back home and how they're coping with it 
I probably watch Back from the Outback more than any other episode in my entire life of Survivor. I, I would watch that episode religiously because I just, I loved it. I loved seeing, you know, Jerry coping with all the abuse and Kel with a dartboard throwing darts at Jerry's face and Elizabeth and, you know, things like that. Like it was, it was fantastic to be able to, to watch that. And another one that randomly popped into my mind because I saw she shared it recently on Facebook uh, Reggie, uh, Big Brother winner season three, Tassie's greatest reality television contestant ever. Uh, so big was she, so big was her fame off Big Brother, they literally had a documentary, you know, being Reggie Bird or whatever it was. Like, they had a whole hour-long special on her after Big Brother had finished because that's how big it was. And, and we saw so much of that now. And I don't know if it would work today. Like, I would love to see this, but I just I don't think people would have the attention span to, to watch an episode like this in 2020. Yeah, I think what we have now is we still get extra scenes. Like if you go onto 10 play, you'll get extra scenes that, or, or they, they put them on social media. So we we do get a little bit of that still to this day, but we don't get like the crew behind the scenes. Like we don't see Jonathan LaPaglia walking around a crew showing us, okay, this is, you know, this is the... The, the mess tent for, you know, which is a classic. I love on the surviving survivor that Lincoln's walking around showing the mess tent. And there's this massive big solo fridge in the background, you know, and they're, they're all drinking solo and the box and, of ways. Uh, yeah. And all, like, <laughs> but like, so we don't get to see that, but we do get to see extra scenes that don't make the cut now. So there's a little bit of that still, but you can't beat, you know, seeing what's going on behind the scenes. Like for my season, I would love to have seen, like we know Jenna, on my season got injured and she got medical treatment was out of the game just for a small amount of time. Like to see at the end of the season, what happened with that, get her getting medically cleared and all that. Like you want to see that you don't necessarily need to see it on the episode that night, but at the end of the season of wrap up, those sorts of things you remember, you're like, yeah, what did happen to Jenna? Like, did she get treatment? Cause next second she's coming back on crutches. Well, what happened? That's the, that's the opportunity to tell the audience what happened where I think they're missing out. I think they could easily put up an episode like that, whether they just put it online on Template. Um, but I, th- I think that's something they should really look into. I agree with what you just said, Maddie. Um, it would be good to see a li- little bit more, you know, behind the scenes stuff. Like you said, Jennifer being the perfect example, like we, we see them come back to camp and they have the emotional scenes where they all cry and all that sort of stuff. But I, I, that's what I used to love about, the U S version that a lot of the times you would see the doctor come in and have the conversation and Jeff would sit there. So do they have to be pulled from the game or, or whatever it is, or can they stay and, and have that emotional moment with the doctor there? Um, I guess with the world that we live in now with stream and stuff like that, that's maybe not necessarily a doco at the end of the season, but that should be extra stuff they put online that you can watch. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like I mean, Ponderosa is like the thing now they do with it, but it's it's not the same. Ponderosa, I think, is is is, and Ponderosa has its own issues. You know, it it, it's it ties into that whole sequestering of the jury notion. They're never going to be able to do that again now because Ponderosa is their baby. But even then, I don't think I've watched Ponderosa since One World. I I just don't bother with it. I'm glad you brought that up, Ben. This might sound bad, but like I tried, even in in my season, I tried, I think I watched the first two episodes of Ponderosa and I just got over it. I thought this is not really good. And and I didn't even watch my, I watched every episode of my season, but I couldn't watch that Ponderosa. It didn't interest me. Where some of the American ones I have watched, I, I don't religiously watch it. Like it's not every season I've got to go on, but I find some seasons a little bit better than others. But 
Yeah, I think the Americans do the, do that a little bit better than what we're doing here. I vague, I mean, I only remember the one world one because I think Alicia and Kat got into like a screaming fight back in Ponderosa and I was like, oh, this is juicy. Um, but then I think kind of I maybe try to go into Philippines and just, yeah, you don't get what you want really, do you? Oh, Kat, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because that was definitely one season I watched the Ponderosas was one world as well. And you're right, Kat's boot and blindside and just the emotional wreck she was after that was um, – Definitely pretty big. But going on to what Matt was saying, I reckon 2016 Series 3, I started watching the Ponderosas or what they call them, Jury Villa, and was kind of excited. And then I'm like, hang on, they're going to this same room and they pretty much were all the same thing. I was like, yeah. hang on, you're just replicating the same thing. And it's like it just actually felt over-manufactured as well. It didn't feel that natural. And it's like, well, why do I want to see seven people do the same thing every time? What about you, Matty Carr? Are you are you finding that with the channel new, new Channel Ten seasons, are you going to the extent that you would have back in the two thousand and two season? Like, are you watching all these Ponderosas or, or Jury Villas? Um, do you still have that same sort of that same love and, and enthusiasm for the game now? Yeah, I still watch them. Um, there, I think there was a few I missed in the last one. All Stars, kind of. Mm, I have a love hate with the All Star season. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all do. <laughs> but I, I can never get past how they all, as filthy as they are, they all get jump on the bed. Uh, just oh, and they all do it, every single one of them, and they're filthy, dirty. That's uh, just yeah. And then you know, all you see them do the next day is exercise. So mm. no, nah, no. Nah. It's great, <laughs> Matty D. You, you're the king of segways. I'm calling you that. Still, you, you really are good because just kind of tying back into season one with that the sort of fan reaction and kind of everything along those lines. We, we know we didn't have social media. We, we didn't have anything like that to really have a, a soapbox to be able to talk about this. We did have forums though. And I mean, many people who have been longstanding in the survivor fan community would be very familiar with survivor sucks. Uh, it's been around, I think as long as survivor has basically. And in 2002, they had, the, the part of that forum was on this season of Australian Survivor. Now, Maddie C, you shared with this, you shared this with me months and months ago. I think even when we began this season, and it just it must have slipped my mind for some reason. And then you reshared it with me not that long ago, and I, I really started to read through this. And I, I'm I'm ashamed to say I really wish I had remembered this more because this would have been such a perfect kind of time capsule to to actually discuss how the fans were feeling while this was airing because i'm looking at this now uh we'll, we'll link this on our social media because it, it's kind of it's it's still available to be read things like the images and things that have been shared are they're kind of a dead now but just scrolling through let's scroll through some of these headlines here kind of the the, the topics that people are talking about uh, so we have looks like they'll be crybabies next week posted by a please <laughs> Um, on the 29th of April, 2002, uh, we have possible pick of final four need help. Uh, Lance's chats. So like, of course they did, um, chats with them live on the nine MSM website after they were eliminated. So there's transcripts here, which are fascinating to read. Uh, so you have bag of chips, chocolates or $500,000. The headline here, Joel in control. Okay. Uh, Lance's personal item, new theory. The girl who makes her bed takes the money. Uh, who is really controlling the game? We finally got a twist. Uh, a twist. Now here come the fireworks. What is Rob doing? Uh, <laughs> now Joel should swap alliances. 
Shona, you compulsive nudist. Joel, you crazed rice Nazi. Uh, I mean, this is like a real time capsule. That I mean, you. So I would love for you to share your actual handle on this because I think it's fantastic. And how was it? Like, how was it being in this forum, interacting with fans in two thousand and two? Yeah, I think there was only about like what, twenty or thirty of us there, and we had, you know, we knocked it off from the American um, fandom, which was huge. But uh, it, was, it was just great having that little place we could all go to chat about like every episode and what was going on and i can't i think it we started it it must have been in outback because um once australian survivor came along like we literally discussed the whole thing but like back then you didn't have social media where you could go online and and talk about things and so but we had this forum and yeah so like the 20 or 30 of us or whatever there was after every episode we'd all get on there and have a chat and if anything was like in magazines or any of that kind of stuff like people would post the like scans of the articles it was really good really good to your, have and what was your username matt my username was joel's big one joel's big <laughs> one yes <laughs> and, and and if and if you go and read what i wrote like i like i think i was in the in the closet back then and i just sound like this horny oh i, I was rancid Nothing's changed. So, yeah. so, 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 Joel, so the name, the name's Joel's big one. Is that it, referencing um, Rob saying that he was basically well hung? Yeah, yeah. So originally, I had a different username, and after that episode, I changed. I, I think I re-signed back up or whatever, and I, I changed to Joel's big one. What was your What was your one beforehand? After that shower episode, do you remember what your oh. one was beforehand? Joel's little one or something? <laughs> no, I think it was. Um, Oh, it was Titanic something, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I found something one of like you, that. I don't know. I found one but, of your threads here. Uh, oh god! Uh, notice every one of my threads. The, the spelling is absolutely atrocious. Like, <laughs> I won't call you out for that. I, I could find. I'll post a minor. Oh, it, it, it's the, terrible. Your your post here. The best episode of Survivor yet. This is by far the best episode of Survivor, way better than the US ones as well. They didn't do an extra tribal council, they just got on with it. All the fights and the way things did turn out and how Joel kept his word when he could have gone with Sophie and Katie and had a better chance to win. Bravo, this is excellent. I'm assuming that's the finale episode there, but uh, I mean, that holds up. I also appreciate your your profile picture is of the Jurassic Park gates. So Yeah, yeah, big big Jurassic Park fan. Well, you're even a better person in real life now, Matt, that I keep talking to you about it. We'll talk about Jurassic Park in another episode. Yeah, I've got my dinosaurs here too. (laughs) I I tell you what, guys, I love hearing this because, like I said, I I didn't have internet back then. I wasn't tech savvy. So I I had no idea this stuff was going on forums. And Cable, I don't know whether you were in the same boat as me or not, but... um, No, because I... I don't think yeah. there was internet in Queensland back then, anyway. So <laughs> it was a long time ago. But it, it is, but it is interesting. Like for me, this is like I didn't know all this stuff was going on back then. So to hear Matt that he, he was heavily involved in it, and that there was somewhere where you could go and and chat about it. Yeah. Like I wish I was able to be involved in that back then. But it's, um, it's funny, yeah. Matt. You bring that up because I wanted to be a bit more involved and have that conversation that um, Matthew Carr's talking about. Um, but the group that I got told to join was called Survivor Sucks, and that's actually quite famous. I'm sure Ben was on it at some point. But because it was called Survivor Sucks, to me that was derogatory to the show. And I'm like, 
I thought it was just all bashing the show. So I was like, well, why would I want to be part of that? So yeah. for a long time, I never got part of it. Well, never got involved. I think I did sign up, but never did anything, never read it. And it wasn't until years later, you know, when you sort of do have social media and you get to know more people, like, oh, go back to the sucks. Or were you on sucks? Were you this person, this person? I'm like, oh, wow. I feel like I missed out on so much. And the same thing is what um, – Matty C saying that um, I would have loved to have been involved in the that small sort of Australian group as well. Was Rhett, Rhett would have been in that group as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, Rhett was in it. He yeah, might. yeah, because I know yeah. I know Rhett's told me a lot of the stuff because I know he was on Sucks as well, and he comes up with yeah. some great stuff that historically I'm like, oh wow, like I kind of remember that, but yeah. And can I just put in a bullying complaint now? Because Ben openly bags me out for my audition tape, but he won't bag Matty Carr out for his bad spelling, what, 19 years ago. But he will gladly bag me out for my audition tape 19 years. It doesn't seem fair, guys. Well, you you know the reason why is because I'm insanely jealous that you got to play Survivor. So, like, it's actually a, a positive that I'm doing that with you, uh, Matt. Uh, Matt C., I mean, I believe even Joel was kind of active on, on the forum. Were any other players active on the forum as well that you know of? Joel posted one message, which I think is pinned at the top still. Um, he only, I think he only ever posted that one message. Jeff posted something, but unfortunately we were all sort of ripping into him and his was kind of a, um, a, a rebuttal to what we were saying. Um, I, I think they were the only two. I don't know if any of the others ever went on there. And I, I think in one of your interviews, one of the, um, I can't remember who it was, but they said they couldn't go on and read anything because, um, yeah, everyone was being mean, mean about them or whoever. I can't remember who it was, but um, probably, it was probably our forum. Probably David Haas. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was going to say, I reckon David Haas was on there with, with a, a, a different name that he likes to do. It was probably, you know, something. Yeah. God, the big ball David, yeah. big ball David or something <laughs> like that. It, it would have. Uh, well, there was, there was, on there. Sorry, there was one thread that I think it was. So, who, so who's gay on there? Well, I was about to know. I've, I've literally Craig. found that one. It's got who is gay yeah. besides David and Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Very 2002. Let's just openly speculate. Yeah, I don't know what's in that one, but I, hopefully. Dare I, I open anything. it? Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm reading here, but I don't know if I want to really read some of these. Yeah, uh, that's probably I think I think we leave. I think we leave that one in the vault, Ben. Yeah, no, I definitely don't <laughs> want to read some of these comments. But actually, uh, I mean, some uh, I've, I found Joel's message. You're right; it's still pinned at the top. So this is actually a message from Joel. It says, "Hello, guys. There is something that I need to tell you all. You rock." Thank you so much for all your comments throughout Survivor. I frequently visited the site and was always interested to read what you all had to say. Survivor was the best thing that I have ever done. It was the biggest challenge that I have ever faced. And I know that what I learned out there will stay with me forever. I think that things came across pretty much just as they happened out there. Thanks again, guys. I hope to meet you all somewhere in the future. Oh, and one more big thing. Joel's big one, you rule. See you guys, (laughs) Joel. Wow, Matt. Brilliant. Shout outs. Look at yeah. you. <clears throat> now, I do actually think he, he did DM me. I can't I can't remember what he said. I he did say because he knew I he knew I had a shirt. Um and he offered to meet up somewhere and have it signed, but it just it never happened. Can can I just say that's one thing that I, I love about past contestants when they actually take the time to interact with fans. So Big credit to Joel there that that he's obviously you know he he's written that message, um, you know it's good to see that players were still doing that all the way back then and I know 
you know, we look at players like Tarzan in, in, in recent history, like Tarzan's a big fan favorite. And I tell you what, that guy, he comments to everyone that, that will post something on his, on his Instagram. He will always reply. Like, you know, you, you just sort of see him, you can scroll down, you, you see him like people like that. And I'm sure there's a lot more, but I'll use Tarzan as, as, as an example. I think the fans really appreciate because there's so many people want to play this game, but so few do um, that, it's great when you when you do get these contestants that that will take time out of their day to, to you know and, and Luke Toki's another big one so yeah it's great to I'll give credit to Joel that he, but even back then he was doing it and I think too back then as well and this is not to take away from anything you just said Matt because like I agree like it's great when these people are doing that interacting with the fans but I think back then it almost held a little bit more weight because I mean because back in that early period of of reality TV I think people saw these people as more of a celebrity than they would now. I mean, reality TV contestants are just dime a dozen. I mean, we literally have one as a co-host on this show. God, there one is looking at them, just pick him up. But like, it's, it's kind of back then, like it was, it was a big thing. I mean, I know from my fandom of Survivor that, you know, in 2001, when I was that obsessed with, you know, the Outback and, and Borneo and all that kind of stuff, like I, I, I admired these people like I would on the same level as, as, as a football player. I like things like that. I mean, I, I was at a, a reality event in, in the States and I filmed a video. It's, I, I can share it if people really want to see it, but I, I'm drinking and I'm very drunk with Jerry Manthe and um, Joel from Borneo. And here I am going, I want a message to my 14 year old self right now that I'm hanging out with these two. Like, this is a dream. This is fantastic. So think like, yeah, to have Joel kind of doing that, um, you know, really, really is fantastic. And, and let's be honest, I think out of everyone on this season, like that doesn't surprise me that that was Joel. And that's not to take away from anyone else from this season. Um, but Joel, I think from what I have seen afterwards before what happened happened was very, I think, um, into the fans and kind of very much, you know, appreciated the, the respect and everything that he was getting from them. Did I, think I even tell my Joel a story? newsletter at one point? Like he had his website and he, he would have a newsletter that would come out. Which after I found, the show. which joelbets.com doesn't, like it's kind of, it's, it's uh, no longer active, but you can use that um, internet time capsule website that will take snapshots of internet sites from old. And his is actually one that you can kind of actually go back and look at. I've tried with the 9MSN Survivor one and it's, it's very hit and miss. But um, Cable. No, I don't know. I think I heard you say something about uh, your Joel story. Tell us your Joel story. Yeah, I feel like I, I forget whether I've actually said these on podcasts before, but I actually, I guess another reason why I kind of hold this season sort of dear to my heart is because, you, ha- like you're saying, you have this connection with the players potentially. And I have connection with uh, three of them and three of the top five, I think. Um, but Joel was another one like, Matty C said, like, he was in a bar I was walking past or was going into in Northcote. And, I mean, he's not even from Melbourne. And I think it must have been right at, towards the end of the season and walked in and, oh, like I sort of said, Joel. But, again, I'm not one of those ones that's too pushy. don't want to make a big scene, especially we know celebrities sometimes are really inviting or sometimes they just want to enjoy the company of their friends and family. So I was – discreet about it and he's like mate come over let's talk survivor and he bought me a beer and chatted survivor he was like again like on the show he's just super excited giddy up mate and you know all that sort of stuff so and that's the thing he definitely was like he could have easily just ignored me and said oh thanks mate and that's it but he's like no come over let's talk survivor grab get this boy a beer and and yeah and yeah i couldn't speak more highly of joel um i guess with um i guess what's the word i'm trying to think of just being with the fans and building a rapport with 
su- the support and stuff. So well, on that, just quickly, while you you brought it up, I actually was going to ask you at some point. I'd love to hear just you, you briefly your Rob story because you, you've got yeah. a bit of a Rob story. But who tell mm. your Rob story and who was the other one that you sort of interacted with? So Katie, Katie. Right. Um, so the season must have been mustn't have been too deep into the season, but she came in and you can't miss Katie. She's tall, blonde. Um, and obviously, cause I was a fan, I'm not going to miss her. She came in. So she was doing, she might've been, it might've been an injury maybe from survival previous to that, but she was doing something with podiatry at Latrobe university where I was working and she came in. So the woman that she was working with used to come in for coffee and she brought Katie in and it was kind of awkward. Cause I, again, I didn't want to embarrass her or, you know, draw attention to her um, if people didn't recognize her or whatever. And so I said, hi. And maybe because she, and this is why your podcast was so good talking to her, maybe she had a lot of um, residual effects of being on the show and not wanting to talk about it. Um, she definitely felt like she was polite, but she kind of stood back and was almost embarrassed that I brought it up. So um, I think, yeah, she was... <laughs> Having a few issues there. So I made coffee for Katie back then. So that was what, yeah, 2002. But your Rob story? The Rob story, you've got how much time you got? Uh, Summarise it for me in a couple of minutes. Yeah, okay. So many years ago when Rob was still playing AFL football, and this is the weird thing, I'm trying to get my dates right. I thought it was 91, so he would have been at the Brisbane Bears. And so it must have been 1990 or maybe he just finished. I don't know, but it was grade four or five a primary school and for those that don't know in Australia it was very big to try and get an AFL player out to do a footy clinic at every primary school um, especially back then I'm sure it still happens to do those promotional things to fitness and all that sort of stuff and Rob Dixon was the guy that came to our school and it was exciting because a lot of the time when the players came out they were always unfortunately you were never going to get the big stars like Dermot Burden or Nathan Buckley or whatever it was always the guys that were the reserves player but I actually knew who Rob Dixon was even though he hadn't played a lot of games and the one thing um, that I will still always remember it's so vivid I remember we doing the he was taking care of the group I was in and it was like five or six of us guys and you sort of run out you throw the ball up you go market and all that sort of stuff and you run through all that sort of stuff and I had my Collingwood jumper on with number 22 on it for Tony Shaw. And Rob pulled me aside. He goes, I know I played for Hawthorne, but when I was a kid, I used to brag for Collingwood. I said, oh, wow. And he goes, do you know who used to wear number 22? And I said, oh, no, I can't remember that far back. And he goes, oh, my favourite player, John Greening. I'm like, oh, I remember that name. So we had that sort of connection and he chatted to me for a bit. And it was weird because, you know, they do sort of chat to you, but it was definitely a different experience because – he actually had something with me, like, if that makes sense, there was a bit more time put into me and I'm like, oh, I will always remember that. And then, sorry, I'm probably speaking a bit too fast. Um, then we got taken to the big oval, all the kids, everyone. And he had to pick someone out to win a bunch of footballs for the school. And I was almost hiding in the back because I didn't want to be the one picked because it was he was going to do a huge kick and you had to take a mark. And I am, trust me, I'm not the greatest footballer of all time. And the one weakness I had was marking back then. And my dad used to get into me about that. That's a whole other story, but he picked me. And so the pressure was on in front of the whole school that I had to take this mark. And I was like stressing out and everything. 
And yeah, he um, picked me and I could actually see my mates who were actually really good footballers like, oh, we're, we're stuffed now. Like I was like, you know, chunking Goonies, like drops everything. And it's like, this is not going to go well. There's even more pressure on me, but he put it up and then I took the mark and then, you know, everyone's like, ah, you know, like almost like that moment in Mighty Ducks or the end of one of those sports movies where everyone jumps on. But and I remember he pulled me aside. He said, look, I had faith you were going to market and all that sort of stuff. So I've always had like always a high, um, what's the word kind of thing? I'm sort of Admiration. But Respect. No, yeah, yeah. I've always held Rob pretty high. So when he got named as one of the survivors, I was super wrapped. And I, I, he was my winner's pick. And I was the one I was going for the most. Obviously, I knew who he was. And so when he won, it was just, um, yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah. What about you, Maddie? I know, I know. You actually, your your profile photo on on Instagram and, and Facebook is actually of you when you um went to the All Stars signing to meet some of the contestants. Uh, so I know you've met some of the modern day contestants. Have you met any of the original cast? No, I never have. None of them. You got None a personalized video from Craig Abbott, though. That's, I did. I did. You definitely did. Which I mean, he he's, he's your favorite, right? Like, still to this day, Craig's yeah. your favorite. Yeah, even even through the rewatch, exactly my feelings on him and the show that I had back then came straight back to me. Exactly the same. It's it's amazing how that does. It kind of goes back to what I was saying about how it takes you back to your time in your life. Because I know whenever I watch the Australian Outback, fourteen year old me is just in love with Elizabeth all over again. Like I just I ignore everything that she's become. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there I am back in back at fourteen year old Ben in love with Elizabeth. Well, Ben, I think it's important we, we, we sort of, I know you're sort of, you know, obviously the one of the hosts of this show, but you're also always the host of all your podcasts, but you don't often get asked a lot of questions. So what about what about you, Ben? Like you got to meet Katie Gold recently. You, you had interviewed her prior to that. Um, you know, you've you've got to know so many survivors, American survivors. You, you've done a lot of stuff in, in the survivor world. Um, except play Ben, you haven't played two days like me, but uh, but you have. You've been to reunions in America and all that. What what about for you to meet Katie Gold um, in person and that? Like, what was that for you for being a big fan and and covering this season? Was was that a big deal? It was. It really, really was. And you know, I mean, you know, I'm a mad Katie fan. I always have been a mad Katie fan. And you know, that was that was something that I know when I was in in Melbourne. That was one of my priorities you know i i'm there every year for the grand prix i you know you you have limited time when you're kind of you're flying in you're flying out you've got to revolve around the track schedule and kind of all that sort of stuff so to me it was a real important thing to fit that in so yeah it was it was a huge honor i remember sitting with cable at the, at the bar waiting for her and then kind of when you see her you're like wow like you know look at her like she looks amazing and like you know here she is nearly 20 years older than that and it was and i i don't often get starstruck and I wouldn't say I was starstruck meeting Katie but it was definitely one of those moments where you're like holy crap like this is Katie Gold here she is like you know I'm, I'm kind of just hanging out having a drink with her uh, you know back to my point about when I was lucky enough to do that with Jerry and Joel which is it's it is one of those moments and I think that um, you know you still I think we all have those moments when we meet certain people um, you know and and meeting someone like Katie Gold to me is not going to mean something to, to Mallory or someone like that. But then if Mallory meets someone that's not going to mean anything to me, it's kind of, you know, we've all got those people that we hold to that level. So yeah, it was, there's something unique about meeting a survivor player, I think from that period. And that's not to take away from, from meeting a modern player. I mean, Matt 
you know, all jokes aside, I've never met you in person. Like, I don't know if we've ever shared that before. Like we lived in the same city for how long and we, we, we never ended up uh, catching up. So um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like it, I've, I've met a couple of the, the modern players. I've, I've met uh, Dez and I've met Andy Torrens um, and, you know, it was, it was an honor to meet them. But, and again, no disrespect to them by me saying this. I think it was kind of, it was a little bit more exciting to meet someone like Katie just because of where she came from in the the grand scheme of survival. And to add to that, I think we were lucky too, because, you know, the COVID stuff started to escalate. You obviously, that weekend, basically. (laughs) Well, yeah. And obviously the Grand Prix got canceled, but also she was decently pregnant at the time as well. So um, for her to even take the time out and she even admitted that she wasn't having a good day and all that sort of stuff and felt a bit nauseous, but she still, she could have easily canceled on you. And uh, the fact that she still came out and had a good chat and talked survivor and loved talking survivor with us was really. And to yeah. add to that too, like even, even like that, the video that we shared months ago, like, I mean, it was a lot of fun, but like, I mean, she didn't want to do that. And kind of like, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to, say this and feel like I kind of pressured into doing something that, you know, she didn't want to do. It was kind of like, you know, a friendly, like, Hey, like, you know, this would be, you know, really great. Cause yeah, she, she sort of wasn't having the greatest day, but you know, she's just such a, a humble and nice and just an, an amazing person. And to be able to do that, it was, it was fantastic. So yeah, Matt, Maddie D you, you mentioned about how you met um, Karen when we had her on. She, she's the only one, I think we, we've been over this, haven't we, that she's the only one you've, you've met. It is, yeah. I met Karen probably within twelve months of of that season airing, um, and I got to have a chat to her. She came to my work. She was doing some promotion work, so I got to meet Karen. Um, and hopefully, she, she, she's in Brisbane now again. So hopefully, uh, we'll get to catch up again. You know, twenty years later or so. But um, but yeah, it, it, what I love about what we've done in this season is, you know, not only obviously we've we've got to 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 talk to just about everyone. Um, and all the contestants that we could, but it's, yeah, it's, it's the friendships we've built Ben, you know, from it as well. Like I can honestly say now, like, you know, Shona was a fantastic interview, someone that I really respect as a, as a game player, but, you know, I think it's fair to say that we built up a friendship with Shona, like Naomi, Craig, like, you know, I often chat to Naomi, just, you know, messages, text messages, stuff like that. Like, you know, Naomi loves the game of survivor, you know, um, you know, it's great, you know, being able to chat to her. So, you know, David Haas, you know, obviously, you know, he's my favorite of all time. So for me, like, although I haven't, it's like you and me, Ben, like we, we haven't met in person. I'm sure we will one day, but, but it's, it's the love of this game that brings, brings you people together. Um, so to be able to share that and bring back that love to these players that played all those years ago, um, it's been the highlight for me by far. It's been the highlight for this whole podcast. Just for those playing at home, I think that was about an hour we got into this episode before Matt mentioned David uh, Haas. So that's, no, that's I think the- he, I was actually thinking that, but I think we did mention him a little bit earlier. It got snuck in there, but yeah, like, it did, I was it just going to say, like, uh, even the US survivors and the Australian survivors I've met, like the one thing I know you probably would know this even more so than the three of us, uh, Ben, because you've interviewed so many people. But once you meet, especially meet them in person, you're like, I understand. I can, I know why they got selected. Oh yeah, there's something about them all. Absolutely. They have that charisma, and sometimes that doesn't always come across on the screen, or like you said in a handbook or whatever. But as soon as you meet these people, you're like oh, my, within a minute, you're like, I absolutely know why that person 100%. to be on this show. Hundred percent. Yep. Uh, so 
we, we're going to uh, tangent into a few other things here. Cable's just uh, momentarily left us, but hopefully he may be back throughout this episode. But, um, I mean, still with Surviving Survivor, just a, a few moments I just wanted to kind of raise with that. I mean, I, I alluded to, obviously, the uh, the great footage of the, the mutiny, essentially, and kind of we shared that on, on social media. But, I mean, there was just fun moments. Like, we talk about Joel. Like, I love kind of the little quirky bits we see, like, with Joel farting and kind of just, you know, things like that and that moment where he's kind of like oh i was really going to propose and just the way he looks in the camera as if it's like, oh, oh, oh you're going to wear this like it's just like joel just seemed like a barrel of fun and i know we've had a lot of people talk to us on through their interviews saying you know he was a pain in the ass out there at times but i mean got to be honest i i wanted to see more of those scenes of joel during the season and do you like how he was already doing the giddy up that was ah. in the in the <laughs> um the stage where he was what down to the final 30 or whatever it was and yeah. um yeah, at the audition, and he's already given the, the couple of the giddy ups. I, I had a bit of a laugh at that. Yeah, was there anything else that stood out for you? Uh, I'll go Maddie D because I know Maddie C. You haven't sort of watched it in a little bit. Uh, Maddie D, anything else that stood oh, out to you? Well, I loved what I loved about the start of the Surviving Survivor, and they show it a bit later on. Is um, with Shona. I'll, I'll, I'll cut over to Shona. I know we we're talking about Joel then, but um, Shona has a couple of good lines that they don't show in the normal season, but. Um, it's, it's where they're, they're down to that mutiny where they're refusing to go to tribal council right at the end where what was down to the final five or four. Um, and, and they say that I think production just says, say, come on, let's go. We're going to tribal council. And she's refusing. She's like, no, I'm not going to tribal council. Fuck them. Yeah. Like classic Shona. Like that's, that, that's what I love about Shona. Like she's the boss. Like she may as well have, she, let's just make her the executive producer. Like she, Basically, Shona did what Shona wanted to do, and that's why she got cast on this show because she's brilliant and and is one of the all-time greats of, of, of this season. And there's another um, bit they show too when there's uh, Rob, Sophie, Katie, and Shona's there, and they're, they're down at the cliffs, and she's doing a bit of sunbaking, and she actually looks around and tells the camera crew to nick off. She says, oh, nick off, and they actually say, okay, and, and, and you see the camera starts to go away. So she was running that, that bloody game show, I swear. Which I think that camera person was just scared. <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, again, we said that, didn't we, uh, before we got shown her on, that I was a little bit scared getting her on. You know, what happens if this happens? But I'm a young warrior now, as we know. So. I, I just couldn't imagine. Yeah, you are. I just couldn't imagine that uh, in, in, in current days. I couldn't imagine myself telling the camera crew, I'll nick off. And that's like, okay. Yeah, like, that's exactly. how much presence she has about her, that the camera crew would actually listen to her. Maddie C, were you a Shona fan? Uh, Shona was absolutely brilliant. Like, uh, I, I don't think there's ever been another player just like that played as well as her. But I think she needed to, um, how she sort of became the boss woman, I feel like she needed to step in at that first challenge and say, no, nah, let's do this again. Yeah. Let's get this <laughs> right. Uh, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like to in the Surviving Survivor. We actually, um, we've mentioned magic. 89.9 FM before we actually get a little clip of uh, Martin Beatty, who, oh, who's, who's, who's the steamed. host. Yeah, he, my idol steamed. in radio, I have to say well, that. <laughs> I was going to say, here we are, we're talking about stuff. You probably want to talk about Martin Beatty's career on, on being oh, a radio host. Where do I begin? <laughs> we should have got him on the show, at least to find out how much they sold Wham Bam for the car that Matty Bromer spoke about. I love the mayor, the Port Lincoln mayor, who's just like, oh, you're here filming a Survivor <laughs> series. It doesn't mean anything to me because I don't watch TV, but bloody hell, it's great for the town. 
<laughs> oh, so good, wasn't it? Like just those little clips I love when you're meeting these people. They're like, who are, they? who are these people? But they've got something to do with the town. I think there's one at a bridal store or something. Yeah, and, and Lincoln footage of Lincoln doing karaoke. You know? Brilliant. Like, Brilliant. come on. How good is that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it really is just maybe the most insightful Survivor episode I've ever seen on any version. It really is incredible. And it is a shame that they kind of shafted it to midnight, isn't it? That kind of not more people got to see it. It is. And, and another thing, it's really like I, I'm a big fan of Kadena and, and Maddie Carr will talk to you a lot about Kadena shortly because I'm, I'm assuming it's your five favorite tribe. But one thing I really liked about it is it really showed me about Craig and Naomi. Like you could tell from those interviews they did afterwards where they're already been voted out. Craig and Naomi both talk about how, yeah, it's great getting a warm meal and a nice bed, but that only lasts for one or two nights. And after that, you want to be back out, you know, in the game. You want to be playing the game. Like it, it's all good having a nice bed to sleep in, but you can do that anytime. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And it was great to see. I actually forgot that Naomi, Naomi spoke about that. And, and we all know that Craig had that hunger, but I think that's why Craig and Naomi got along so well is they both had that hunger to play this game. And unfortunately for them, they were in a tribe that although Kadena's my favorite tribe of all time. I'll say it right now. I, I love Kadena. I know they were terrible, woeful, probably the worst tribe in history, but I just love them. I love the characters that were on it, but it must be so frustrating for Craig and Naomi because they clearly wanted to get to the end. They clearly wanted this more than the other six tribe mates. And that might be a bit unfair to Tim because we didn't get to speak to Tim, unfortunately, and he did get voted out second. We didn't see a lot of it. I'm sure he had that hunger, but you know, what's your thought, uh, Maddie? I, I would love to hear about you and, and Kadena and, and Ben as well. Like, is Kadena your favourite or, or, or what? Oh, I'm pretty sure Kadena's my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back, I, I never, I've changed my opinion now, but I never particularly took to Tapara at all. I just, like, even I've rewatched the first oh, six or seven episodes um, on the weekend and, Kadena were just fun. They were young. They were fun. And then, you know, I'd, I'd switch from them just having a joke or a laugh or whatever. It would switch to Tapara. And they're just like, everything was just straight, you know. They're planning this and how are we going to do the fire? And and then, you know, cut back to Kadena. And I don't know, just a, a, a much better tribe. I don't know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say better, but just more entertaining is the word. And um, I think their big mistake, their big, big mistake was Tim going second. Mm. I think that oh, if I could change, if only I could go back and change it, I, I wouldn't have, I would have liked them to have kept Tim. Thanks for bringing it up, Matty Carr, because this is something I really want to talk about on this podcast. When when we went into this episode, I was thinking last night, okay, what are we going to talk about? And I thought, I really want to focus on Kadena and I want to talk about what what went wrong. Why did it all go wrong? And I keep coming back to that, the same thing what you just mentioned, Tim. I really think Tim was the the, the X factor in, in them either, you know, being a winning tribe and them not. And we didn't see a lot of Tim. We've spoken about this on ASA that, that Tim didn't get a great edit. Like he didn't get a bad edit. It's just, we didn't really see a lot of Tim at all. I think he was just that much of a nice guy that they, and you know, he went out second, but 
you look at someone like Tim, you know, you look at someone like Tarzan, they, they keep tribes together. Tim, what we did see of him, he spoke about that, having that mongrel in his belly and wanting to win. You could see he just wanted to do well. And I think, I honestly think that it comes down to Tim going second. I think if they keep him, yeah. if he aligns with Naomi and Craig, and we've heard from both of them that they realize now that they wish they did team up, that Naomi and Craig in particular did team up with Tim. And maybe that would have happened if they got to, you know, keep him a few more days, you know, but I believe that that is what it is, comes down to the fact that Tim left second and it hurt him. The perfect comparison, of course, for those who kind of want to put that into context, it's like when um, Matt Dyson got voted out of the contenders. They fell apart. and They did. They did. (laughs) And Matt was the glue that held them together and look what happened. Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know if you're saying that in a sarcastic way, Ben. <laughs> but you know what? I would never do such I'm a gonna, thing. I'm going to say something, Ben. The funny thing was, you you know what? They did vote me out straight away, but I honestly think that was that was my tribe's biggest mistake because not just the fact that it was me and I wanted to stay longer, but my tribe, you could probably say, is probably one of the the, the probably the second worst tribe in history. I think on on stats alone, it my tribe was one of the worst of all times. And when you are voting someone out straight away that, that you know, not only I could physically help a lot in challenges, but with the game itself, it did hurt my tribe. It left them, in the end, it left them with people that were just kind of there for different reasons and, oh, let's get to the next episode because it's going to help me with Instagram followers. Like, that's not how you play this game. And in the end, they all got, they all got cooked. They I all got to- cooked. So. I need to quote you on these so that when we eventually get to your episode and of course we will do your episode recap. And then of course we are, I'm interviewing you like I would interview any other person. <laughs> I've got questions, but I, I, I want you to, to spill the, spill the beans on who are these people out there just to get Instagram followers, people out there to, uh, you know, become a bachelor one day or something yeah. like that. It shits me, Ben. But, but seriously, getting back to Tim, like I honestly think it, it, the, the, the people you, if people get voted out early, you've got to have a, a really good reason for doing it because, yeah, okay, great, you get them out early, but is that going to hurt you later in the game? And we see it time and time again, it does. And you think, well, in the end, they're only they're only they're only hurting their own games. So, yeah. and and I think and I look, Tim was just unfortunately, I I and we spoke to Jenny, his wife, about this and. I think at the end it was just the fact his age. I don't think he was a likable bloke. Everyone loved him. It was just unfortunately he was, you know, the oldest member in the tribe. Lucinda had already gone first, who was the oldest female in the tribe. And there wasn't really a lot of communication before they know it. Tim's gone. It hurt him. It hurt him big time. I've got to yeah, say, definitely. You, you mentioned before, Matt, um, you know, you guys talked. I, 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 I've grown a much more appreciation for Kadena doing this i will say that um i think at the time i was kind of like wow they suck you know uh who are these guys they're woeful um but i i kind of think in in being able to sit down and and do these episodes and and go over everything and talk to these people i i definitely grow an appreciation for the character side of things and we, we talked a lot about them in the recaps of of the character nature of Kadena and kind of once they were all gone, it's sort of like, wow, okay, we're at Tapara. So I kind of think this you really fall on the fence of whether you like the the real gameplay of this season or the character side of this season. And I I think I'm somewhere in the middle because I I like this style of gameplay. This has always been the style of gameplay I prefer in Survivor 
not kind of the super game bot heavy style we have in in 2020 so kind of that's where i i definitely do really love tapara because i i really appreciate the brilliance of rob the brilliance of katie shona you know uh queen jane <laughs> you know things like that like i really do appreciate kind of what they all brought to the table but having said that i mean how can you not like kadena i mean craig my lord you know maybe the most underrated overlooked player in the history of australian survivor you know sylvan i mean what a barrel of fun we've had with sylvan appreciating your man david haas you know uh i mean it's just you can't not like them um so which i think in the grand scheme of things going back into legacy and where this season stands all that kind of fun stuff the cast i mean this is this is maybe the most complete cast we've ever had in australian survivor you know percentage wise if you were to sit down here on and and go okay out of 16 people you know 12 11 maybe a a a perfect casting you know you'd want to see these players playing again like we could name them, but I think to be fair to people listening, we won't because like it's kind of it is a personal thing anyway. But, I mean, having said that, again to kind of be Mister Suckup, I would honestly not have any argument against any of these players returning anyway. If you told me right now that person A, B, C, D, E, anyone would return for next season of Channel Ten, I would, I, 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 I don't know what I would do. I would blow a load everywhere. But the the point is, <laughs> Channel Ten. I don't know if I could sit here and say there'd be a same percentage of the twenty four cast members on each of them. I think the thing with Kadena is is the ages is yes they were all I'm not saying no one no one didn't deserve to be there but you've got to have that chalkboard up you know or the whiteboard up at the start and and in this case it was eight contestants each each side you can't put five people in their twenties all on the one tribe you just can't I'm sorry like those five might have been the top five contestants to be on the season in their 20s, but you don't put them all on the one frigging tribe. You've got to have an, another person. You've got to at least have one more person in their 40s, at least, at least to help out Tim and and um, Lucinda. You've got, yeah. you know, you David Haas was 34 and a very eccentric guy. Perfect casting. Whether he lasts first episode or to the end, it doesn't matter. Perfect casting. You can't have five in their 20s all on the one tribe. Even if they're the best five 20-year-olds in Australia, well, you've got to have three of them, not five of them. And as we learned from Stephen, of course, the other week, I mean, kind of it, it didn't really seem to go into his mindset of the casting that age factor did it. It was more about the the clashing personalities. You know, you're going to have a David clashing with a Sylvan or, you know, whatever. Like, you're going to have that. And you can understand that. I think, again, the context that it is very early days of, of reality television and casting and things like that. So, kind of, they're looking at more on that side of things. But, I mean, I completely agree with you, Matt. I think that that is definitely a factor and and it kind of it has been interesting talking to everyone from kadena that i mean it really speaks volumes for kadena doesn't it that no one can give a clear answer (laughs) no one can come to a conclusion as to what went wrong even when we bring up the age thing we get it yeah that was a problem no that wasn't a problem yeah we were the fantastic four we know we weren't the five we were six we were seven we didn't know what they like no one can give us a straight answer no one and that to me nearly 20 years later sums up kadena and that I think is what, no matter what you feel or what you say about them, at the end of the day, you remember them. It's the oolong of Australian Survivor. You remember oolong because they sucked. Stephanie and Bobby John were the only ones who survived. But you remember, you know, Ibrahim and, and kind of all the other players on that tribe, don't you? Because of how crap they were. Same with Kadena. You're right. And the funny thing is, I, I say all this, but 
if if I had the chance right now to change that tribe, would I? No, I wouldn't. Like because no. it would make it completely different. The only thing I would do is is if I got to change one thing, is I would be on Kadena. I would yep. put myself in Who'd Kadena. Get rid of? Um, you've only got who four. Knows? You have to choose. You have to choose a man. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, all I'll say is it can't be David Haas because um, can't be Craig. Because, oh yeah, look, it's who Silver knows? Tim. Say, is it Silver or Tim? Yeah. I'll, I'll look. I'll say Sylvan because Aww. he won the car. Mate. I'll say Sylvan because he won the car, and maybe I would have got to win the car, and I would have actually driven it, unlike Sylvan. But, but uh, Matt, I've got to say here. But then, if no Sylvan, then I wouldn't be able to read the words through magic forces of two worlds. An Earth boy will be born in a passageway of dreams. He will rise in Libras and bring with him the seeds of knowledge from mankind. Would you have written that on the back of your book, a Negro Libras, a book of symbols? No. Matty Carr, did we just get our first reading of a Sylvan oh, book? On, uh, I'm oh, going to be reading so, yeah. some of this. This is that sounded almost like preaching. Gold. Did you ever get the book, Matty C? Did you ever get Sylvan's book? No, no, no. Oh. I didn't even try. When we get to this, I'm telling you now, you don't want to know how much money I spent to get this damn book. It was not. Oh, cheap. I think I do. Oh, maybe we'll learn. <laughs> maybe we'll learn in that. Um. Just a few other things that I would like to touch on quickly. Just just one final question I want to ask on the surviving survivor thing, Maddie D. And I, I'm kind of a bit sad that we didn't uh, think of this at the very beginning because this would have been a question I would have asked every single contestant. Whose toothbrush was that that they tried to sneak in? Was it Katie's? I think Maybe. it was Katie's. Maybe I don't I, know. I'm sure. I'm sure I heard him say, "Oh, Katie tried to bring in the extra uh, toothbrush." But I uh, was thinking it was David or Sylvan. But hey, it was Katie. You uh, know. <laughs> oh, I, Just, yeah. Who would do I, that? Like at least you uh, know. You know what would have cracked me up? I would have. This is what would have made this the ultimate ever like episode. Is if. In the background, you're seeing Sylvan get patted down in, and he's, he's like the Barley Nine. He's just got all the <laughs> contraband strapped to him. Like, you know, just literally like Barley Nine style. Like, that's what I would have loved. Like, you just see him in the background getting patted down. And he's just got all the bloody masking tape around and just pills everywhere. Could have been and Richard Hatt style and hit it up his ass, you know. Yeah, kind of like. you know, like, but um, oh, that would have been gold. But, yeah, look, I, 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 I don't know. Probably people still try to sneak in. Stuff today, who knows? Well, I, I there's, think. I mean, there's definitely been stories. I mean, well, I, it's, it's also a shame too that uh, kind of the thing with that Stephen Peters interview the other week is that again, we've said countless times we did that, you know, well before we did any contestant interviews. And one of the, my favorite reveals that he had with there was that he literally bribed some of the female contestants to get down to their mm-hmm. uh, their bikinis. So I, I really, in a way, wish we had aired that at the beginning because I would have asked, you know, Jane, I would have asked Katie, Sophie, like, was that you? Did that? Were you the one who got the? Who did he bribe? Because he didn't tell us who he bribed. So, uh, you know, that that's a pretty big reveal to actually have the executive producer admit that he bribed them and gave them food to get down to their bikinis. Uh- I reckon he was bribing Lance because Lance was oh. always in his DTs. In his DT, that I just want to say that's my favourite thing I've learned all season. Matty Dyson is the Dick Togs and Chartreuse. <laughs> dick Togs, and I want a pair of Chartreuse Dick Togs. I think it would be wrong of us not to to give a little recap on on Tapara too. Just seeing this is is our final episode for this season, and just do a bit of a summary on Tapara. They they were the the ultimate tribe in this. In this season, they dominated. Unfortunately, Jeff Brown was the only one that didn't make merge. But um, let's do a little wrap up on Tapara. What do we think about the contestants that they chose? What was it fair? Were, were they always going to dominate Kadena? I'd love to hear both your thoughts. I'm going to go. Maddie C can answer that. I want to hear. His I just thoughts. think um, like Tapara, they just had those three big players, and 
those three big players, you know, Rob, Katie, Shona, they just dominated through the whole thing. Um, now, I, I just feel, you know, everyone else played their part, but I don't think any anyone else could go up against those three. Mm, agree. And I think I think the easiest way of looking at it, and, and, you know, this is no disrespect to any other player, but with argument's sake aside, the four best players on this season were Rob, Shona, Katie and Craig. Um, three on one side, one on the other. I mean, and Matt D, like, I mean, you know, I, I would use an AFL reference here if Cable's here, but I mean, look, you picture this as a, as a rugby reference, you know, take the four best current NRL players right now, put three of them on the Rabbitohs and one of them on the Dragons. I mean, it, it's not fair, is it? You're going to want to put two on each side. So yeah. kind of if maybe you've, you've got one of those three, if, if you put Katie with Craig, well, that maybe not would have, I mean, it might've worked differently if she's with, her, with him from the beginning. But, you know, even if you put Shona with Craig, that was a pairing that obviously was, a you know, a, a pretty a potential successful pairing. If you've got Craig and Shona on one side and Katie and Rob on the other, I think you've got a completely different well, kettle of fish. I, I think where the, the, I guess, you look at Katie and then you look at Naomi, both young, I think what, Naomi was 22, Katie was 24, um, both physically fit, both, you know, Katie you know, played a bit of AFL. She was sporty, very fit. She's a PE teacher now. So she's, she's, she's just that sporty sort of person. Katie, you know, obviously she was a professional athlete. They both had the will to, to go far. So they both had that. They both wanted to play survivor. The different, the, the difference there was, was Katie was, was a bit more outspoken and a bit more strategic, you know, where I know, and I, I know Naomi, if she ever got the chance to play a game, she would be that, you know, more strategic, but you know, her and Craig were great together, Naomi and Craig. But then you, you look at Robin, Robin and Katie, they just had that bit extra strategic thought process about them. And I think that was the difference. Like not, not there was other differences as well, but you just teaming those two against those two, that's where they got the edge. Katie and Rob just had that edge over Craig and Naomi, both fierce, fierce couples, you know, on the show, both really wanted to win. But they just had that, and, I, and whether that's because they're playing with someone like a Shona who, you know, really had understood how the game had to be played, you know, um, I think that probably helped them as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think, I mean, it's it's always the the classic what if scenario: change one player around, do this, do that. Um, you know, a completely different different kettle of fish. But back to your point when you said, Matt, about would I change anything about Kadena in hindsight? No. And I, I wouldn't like, yeah, it's great to think about these things, but I'll be honest, I don't want to change anything about any of them because like at the end of the day, we got this epic conclusion to this season that maybe brought us the greatest episode of Survivor that's ever been. Uh, and, you know, we wouldn't have that if, you know, you change that around. I, if if Shona's on Kadena and it's just Katie and Rob, Rob can't buddy up with Shona. So we're not going to have this massive breakdown at the end, are we? Realistically, you're going to have Rob and Katie go to the end, which again is going to be completely different. You're never going to have that blob. So I, for one, wouldn't change anything. And it's great to speculate, but I'm, I'm happy with what we've got. Even after seeing my audition tape, you're not surprised that I didn't get in and one of the 16? Well, um, now that you bring that up, maybe we should talk about it. Um <laughs> I, I, I was going to actually quickly ask you, Matt, when you, you mentioned about meeting Karen at your place of business, was that the Sherwood Services Club that you met her at? That's that Correct. Wow. Correct. Well, tell That's us about the I... Sherwood Services Club. What is it? Is it still around? Yeah, it's still there. It's an RSL. Like an RSL. 
Right, so an RSL, but the services club. And yeah, I finished, finished year 12. So, and um, I didn't want to go to uni or TAFE. And I was like, what, what was I going to do? And it was, it was like 300 meter walk up the road from me. My brother was already working there. And um, yeah, I got a job there in, in, in January 2002 and uh, worked there for like five years before I um, ended up quitting, going traveling and then working out that I wanted to be a police officer. So look, it was a fantastic place to work. I was uh, in the poker machine room for years after being a bartender and um, that's how I got all the, the Tapara buff and all that. And um, yeah, it was it was good times, good times. I was a young fella, but uh, looking back at that video, geez, I was young. <laughs> I, I, I don't. You even said it was like looking at, a completely different person and um geez i've done a lot of growing up since then haven't i i want to say to everyone out there if you haven't seen it it's on our social media please go and watch it you will never regret it i look when you sent it to me like you sent it to me weeks ago you're like i've got something for you you know here it is and um i gotta say like i didn't as soon as i saw the screen cap i'm like that's not you you're, you're sending me like you're taking the piss here this is you it does not look anything like you and it's not just the hair factor either it's just you look completely different and i will be 150 to 200 percent ted style honest with you right now matt it actually wasn't as bad as i was thinking it was going to be it's not brilliant i'm not gonna you know inflate your ego but like if if you are an 18 year old guy right who loves survivor and and you i mean you're still a teenager you're literally putting out there a a message like that and I got to be honest with you. If I was 18 and being able to apply for Survivor, mine wouldn't be that different. It's just kind of what you do. I think you did what you did. Uh, I mean, on the grand scheme of things, you know, if I need to be absolutely critical, the editing was terrible. Uh, You know, the the props, the facial hair looked really fake, Matt. Come on, you could have done a little bit better than that. And really, like five VHS tapes with all the footage from two seasons of Survivor, not realistic at all. But other than that, it was pretty darn... (laughs) interesting <laughs> okay so you've got to remember this okay this, this is what's important to remember with that because i look back and i i, I got to admit like i hadn't seen that for so long and when i i went around it was that it was that, it was still all the the copy was at my mum's place so i managed to to go around there a couple of weeks ago and i went and picked it up and i i brought it home and i you know i downloaded it onto my computer and i was like oh my god like this is embarrassing and i'll admit i i actually had second thoughts and i thought do i really want to share this and and i I was uh, quite embarrassed and uh and then uh, it took me about five minutes i thought you know what i'm actually not embarrassed like i'm actually proud of it like i was 18 i had no life experience and we talk about jane not having life experience you know like i had never gone camping i'd never left australia the one time i'd been on a plane was up to Cairns for a a rugby league tournament that I, i was lucky enough to be a part of um you know i was just turned 18 um, it was filmed by, by my mother who had, you know, we had no experience using a, a, a handy cam or back then it was like a massive, you know, it was like what they were using in Channel 9 days. It was that huge. You know, the editing, you talk about the editing was shit, Ben. I, it, there was no such thing of being, I didn't put that onto a computer and edit it. I actually had to do it. So yeah. it all ran smoothly on the tape. So then when I downloaded it from the tape, there was no editing involved. It all had to run continuously on the tape. Um, that So like for me to actually, and that's when I realized for me to actually put this together and it was terrible, but for me to actually put it together and submit it, I'm actually proud of it. And that's why I shared it with everyone because, and it, it, for me, it's like, I have come a long way, you know? And um, so well, I was I proud think- to actually share it. And in all seriousness, mate, like I, like I take the piss out of you, you know, I do what I do. 
you know me. It's all good nature. We're Aussies. This is what we do. This is kind of teach the Canadians around me. This is what we do. But like, like I agree with everything you said. And I think that I think I actually really admired about it was that like you actually put a bit of creativity into it. Like I, I, I actually really like this whole thing of like I've got all the tapes here from Survivor. I've got my rice. I'm going to come back, and then you just come back with this like muffled. Like it was. I actually had a chuckle. Like I, I, I really wish I had a film like a first reaction video to it because like I legitimately thought it was funny. And like in all seriousness, and this is why I really do want to see the tape that you got on with because this is a legitimate success story. Like this is kind of a testament to people out there who who are applying and applying and thinking, well, I'm never going to get on. I mean. You know, I don't think, from memory, you didn't apply for the first two Channel 10 ones, if, am I not mistaken? I don't think you did. You, you applied. Me, for- I applied for, I did. I applied for, I've, I've, I applied for every season oh, okay. possible. Well, I don't know why I thought you couldn't, but uh, you didn't, yeah. sorry. So, but like, I mean, you eventually got on. So, um, one thing I'll just quickly say with it is that, um, you know, you kind of said to me, like, share yours, share yours. And I think kind of what you and I have discussed is that what we'll do before each Channel 10 season is share our audition tapes. Like, I... I will gladly. Show. I've only I applied for three. I didn't apply for uh, the the one that Pia won, so uh, I've got uh, only three. But um, I mean, I'm telling you now, you watch my first one, you will fall asleep. I nearly fell asleep, and I recorded the fucking thing. I'm like, holy crap, this is boring. Why the hell did I submit this? The other two slightly more entertaining. But um, Matt, I'm telling you now, your season one audition tape shits all over uh, at least two of mine. <laughs> I'll say this about that. I actually like the back half of my audition tape, that that original audition tape, better than the first. The first half was in bad light. It was terrible. I I seemed to be I was struggling talking. Um, where then the, the 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 second part of it, the back half of it, where I come out with the fake beard and that, it's the lights better. I'm talk. I look. Yeah. I actually look different as well. I look different. I'm talking better, and I'm thinking, shit. Why didn't I? Why wasn't, I mean, it was all, you can look back now, I should have done things completely different, but I'm just proud that I was able to put get one done and put it in. And it only went for like less than two minutes as well. Yeah, it was kind of short. Matt, see, I want to get your thoughts on it in just a second, but one final question to you, Matt, just quickly on this. Uh, what age did your balls drop? <laughs> I know. Look, like I said, I, man, looking back now, I think, you know, you know, I mean, that's, Ben, this is what I owe to Survivor. Like, like yeah. I said, I had, I was so young like and i was a young 18 year old like i had i had no life experience you know um you know i i grew up with just my mother and my brothers like you know so my, my dad was never around so we never did any of that camping stuff we just didn't do that you know but i loved this show and i wanted to to do something i'd never done before and it was from survivor after that that you know i got addicted to traveling i i ended up we got addicted to africa we've spoken about this because of watching season three america africa and and that's what grew me up and ultimately that's what got me on the show so it's it all started from that audition tape and that's why i shared it with you guys because i am actually proud of it we we do really appreciate it like i yeah i can imagine sort of the thought process going into sharing it uh maddie c what was your take on mr dyson's audition tape well i think i can tell you where you went wrong So obviously Jane was the other 18-year-old and, and Jane didn't play cricket, soccer, athletic, <laughs> league or union. So I was pretty sure that that, that was the dun-dow. But I, I am interested to know the way you describe your secret Survivor tapes. I don't, what Survivor tapes did you have? <laughs> 
Oh, shit. Well, so, another thing I realised, so, because remember season two um, in, in the Outback was 42 days. So I say on it, I've got 84 days of, and I'm, well, that doesn't even make out sense because the first season was only 39 days anyway. But, uh, you know, and then obviously the Outback was 42 days. But so my math doesn't even add up in that either. But, uh, oh, look, it, I remember, I remember clearly, I, I we went down the park. We had a park that was like, down a street, probably hundred meters away. And I remember convincing mum to come down with me and we took some footage and it was terrible. I think I did. I kept on bumbling my words. I was, yeah. And, and in the end I just got shit. I was like, that's it done. We're, we're going. So I went back. And I think like the next day or over the next week, I said, oh, I'm ready to do it again. And then convinced mum to come out and do it. So I do remember that. I don't have any of that raw footage of, of the, the previous cuts that didn't make it. Cause like I said, there was no editing on a computer. We just had to, it had to run smoothly on the video. So once you press stop on the camera, I had yeah. to make sure the next take was, was spot on. Um, so it was like done in one or two takes, you know, but uh, <laughs> oh gee, I don't know. What, what can you say? It's, it's, it's an interesting tape. I'm curious to know, did the dog get a letter back? <laughs> I, we, we had a couple of colleagues back then. It was, I should have locked them. I don't know why even I had that. I was probably nervous. You could see I was nervous. In the, in the first half of that, I was really nervous. The back half, like I said, I seemed to have just was a totally different person. So I, maybe it was, I don't know what was going on there. But, um, yeah, it's um, – I, I was going to mention something about it too. Um I do like at the end too. I'm like, oh, I'm going to um, go to the letterbox and wait. For, well, I must have been waiting at the frigging letterbox a long time. Are you still time. there, mate? Oh. You're still, still waiting yeah, for Yeah, he is. One thing that cracks me up, Jane mentioned that too. Like she she mentioned on her interview that she did, when she originally did audition tape and she looked back at it and thought, this is terrible. And, and so they went down to the beach and reshot it and she's running around, I think, in a bikini or whatever and, and showing off a different side. I was really fit back then. So I was, I was, I played every sport. I was great at athletics. I could run a hundred meters in like 11.3 seconds. You know, I was, I was physically so fit. I used to go to the gym six times a week. I didn't show any of that. Like you I should have gotten the rig the, out. Why well, no, the rig? Here I am like <laughs> at the best peak of my life, really good you know, at sports. Didn't show any of that in my clip. All I'm showing is a dodgy fake Matt, beard. Um, come on. Get got the ZTs out. Get the yeah. DT. If you've got a rig, show the rig off, mate. Like the I day know. I get a rig, I'm never putting clothes on. I'm walking all the way around with my you rig know, out. I at least should have done what David Haas did and got up at the end in my in a G banger. That's oh, why. That's where I went wrong. I, I really hope that when I see your successful audition tape, there's a bit of rig in there. I, if if I see, I'll just assume you're comfortable, Matt Dyson, and that if that fucking footage from Channel Ten was your audition tape and you're lying to me this whole time, that wasn't false footage. I'm going to be disappointed in you, Matt Dyson. I will eventually share my, the one that got on because um, it's a quite it's a good little story about that, um, which I'll, I'll talk about. But um, and you, you can see my balls have definitely dropped by the well, time. I'm looking I actually, I'm actually, I mean, and and I will like I I will. I mean, I've never gotten on, so what's the shame of me sharing mine? But like, I think it's a cool little thing for us to be able to share these um, because it is a unique situation. And like, yeah, I absolutely want to see your successful one. But I actually now because I, I I don't know, I had it in my mind that you didn't apply for the first two Channel Ten ones. I was wrong there, obviously. So. Yeah. I, I'd like to see kind of first two tries, third time lucky, kind of that sort of yeah, thing. I, to be honest, I don't even think I have the the other two, the, the 2016, 2071. He's probably in a G-banger, Matty C. Oh. That's why he doesn't want to share them. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, I don't have them. Don't know where they are. But I don't think they weren't bad, but there was nothing exciting about them. I was just, I think I was one I was sitting in a car while I was working and another one I was 
yeah, somewhere else, but um, just sort of mainly just standing in front of the camera talking where the one I got on, I'd shot in different countries while I was traveling. I thought, oh, I'll do a, you know, I think I did one clip of it up six months prior to me, even, you know, six or nine months prior to even using it. Like I, I was in a good spot in West Africa and I was like, oh, I'll do a bit of a clip. Another one, I was in the back of a car in, um, in, in a South Pacific country um, somewhere. And, and I just, it was a great opportunity. I got my phone out and just took a clip. So I'd sort of preempted eventually using it for, for a, um, an audition tape where the other ones I'd gone out at particular, you know, in particular that, and, and taken it. That pisses me off a little bit now that I hear that crap from you, Maddie D, because I did a similar thing for my second audition tape. Uh, I was in the States. I was with uh, T-Bird from Survivor Africa, and I thought, hey, what perfect opportunity to do my Survivor tape here. And uh, I did, and I fucking beat her in a fire-making challenge, and they didn't put me on, bastards. <laughs> Hello, Channel 10, if you're listening, please put me on your show. Uh, funnily enough, I actually uh, – we, we shared this during the week – um, Cable sent us his rejection letter, basically, which I think, Matt, you said you don't have anymore or you can't find. Or... Nah, I looked for it everywhere and it's it's long gone. So so just I, I want to read this out in there because it's, it's interesting seeing this. So uh, address to Cable. Dear Australian Survivor Entrance, they can't even, you know, address it to the person they're doing. So many of these they've sent out. Unfortunately, your video entry was not successful. We want to reassure you every video was looked at, except for Matt Dyson's, in full and considered, and the standard of entry was extremely high, except for Matt Dyson's. Each video had a degree of creativity, humour and honesty, so the task of selecting 16 finalists was daunting. Don't despair that you missed out this time. If Australian Survivor goes well, then there's sure to be an Australian Survivor too. So keep watching Channel 9 and watch for the announcement. See, I appreciate this. They're, they're keen. They're excited for it. In the meantime, check your TV guides for screening of Australian Survivor and judge for yourself whether you should have been part of the final 16. Your sincerely, Australian Survivor judging panel. I actually love the wording of that. Like, it's 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 not super generic. You know, I mean, yeah, it's kind of doing the standard. We received a high volume. They were all of high standards. And unfortunately, you, missed, you know, kind of the same crap you get when you don't get a job you wanted or something like that. But, you know... They're going out of their, their way to, to basically be like, hey, you know, you tried. Uh, there might be a survivor too. You're like, it's kind of it's kind of cool. I like it. So uh, do you remember that letter, Matt, getting it in the mail? Yeah, I d- definitely remember it. I remember my mum, I was down at cricket training a um, couple of suburbs away and, and it came in the mail and she drove down and, um, yeah, gave it to me straight away. And I remember coming out of training and, yeah, I sort of, you know, um, stepped out of training for a bit and read the letter and, was completely shattered and disappointed that I that I never got on, and I, I'll admit I was I was really upset. Um, and then of course it got cancelled, and then never thought I'd ever get to an opportunity to um, to ever play the game. So you know, like for me, you know, although I only got to play two days, it's still two more days than I ever thought I'd actually get to play. So um, yeah, it's it's all those things I, I remember, and I think um, you know it's a little bit different for me than I guess you guys because um, for one I did apply for it. Um, and, and I have since played the game. So, you know, for me, I, I think it, I'm a bit of an exception to all the other, the new current players, because as far as I know, I am the only one of the current players that, that ever actually applied for the Channel 9 season. So I'm kind of unique in that way. So I look at things different than what other current players would. So, um, yeah, it, it's my own little journey. It's something that, um, you know, I think, I'll be honest, it's, it's probably shaped me um, as a person, Survivor, and... and um, 
And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's got me into traveling and it, it's probably led me to be a, a police officer. So, yeah, I, I owe a lot to the show. And that's one thing that I'm most looking forward to getting to the Channel 10 seasons is is having that question to people. And I, 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 you might be the only one, Matt. You, you literally oh. might be the only one. I'm thinking someone like Tarzan, maybe. I no, don't know. Tarzan hasn't. I've, I've double-checked with Tarzan. Right. Okay. So, but like, yeah. It'd be interesting uh, I, to find and out. And I think we know a- Andy Meldrum, he didn't either. I think um, Andy Torrens, I think, didn't either from memory. No. So, look, to be honest, I would be surprised now if, because a lot of them, the other ones are young. So, unless yeah. like someone like a Jackie or, or you know, but even now, I, I, I'm i pretty certain I am the only one. But we'll, we'll find out in the long run. We definitely will. We definitely will. Because I think, like, obviously, switching into season two very soon, and we'll obviously talk about that at the end of this episode, um, I mean, they didn't apply, did they? So, um, mm. you know, it's kind of going to be a while before we can talk about audition tapes and things like that. Just a couple of other things to kind of, you know, get sort of closing out on this, this episode. Um I, I do want to read an excerpt from Sylvan's book. Trust me, I'm not going to forget that. Uh, we, we got uh, some of our listeners to send in some questions. We, we really thought this kind of be, you know, a cool little forum, a chance for people to really kind of send us in. So I thought I'd kind of, you know, answer some of these now, throw it open to the room. Before I get to some of the questions that we, we got sent in, I did actually keep track of, of a few of the feedbacks that we were getting throughout the season, particularly earlier on when we sort of were, were very new um, so, you know, some of the comments that we were getting on Reddit and, and, and things like that, you know, back then, uh, I mean, here's one basically, I think from when we first started, this one was on Reddit, uh, it's basically saying, I think the OG is season one and it would have been nice for them to cast one of the originals in the all stars, preferably Katie gold, uh, you know, so things like that. Um, there was some comments around, uh, the article that I wrote about kind of the history, Somebody having a nice little comment about my history with Survivor Oz. Good to read that. But uh, one one comment I just wanted to quickly raise with you, Maddie C, because uh, I know you were keen for me to bring this up, and I I really wish I had been more prepared and actually had that comment that you left on one of our posts quite some time ago, uh, where you you sort of brought up a, a bit of a a topical debate almost about sort of Katie versus Craig. Now, how's your memory? Uh, you, you remember a little bit more about what you said or kind of what you're relating to because uh, from from my memory, it was something around Craig doing better than Katie or would have handled things better than Katie? I, I can't remember the context that was that it was in. I don't know if it was in relation to who would be better uh, if they were uh, in All-Stars. And I, I think the context was in that. And I, you know, Katie was a, a great, great player but katie played with emotion where craig uh, like there's, there's craig has a really good confessional in uh, i think it's episode five and you know he's getting on with everyone in his tribe but he still he goes on and says there is no one in the tribe that i would never cast a vote against it's a game and the relationships that i have with these people on these tribes are only at face value regardless of how it may seem so i, I just think Craig always had his head screwed on. It's unfortunate the way uh, things went for him because I th- I think he could have been a really competitive player if given the chance. Yeah, and I I think I did touch on it slightly in the episode, and I, and I, I really do apologise that I didn't come into this more prepared with that um, going in there. Failed 10 points for Ben Waterworth, but... Yeah, I, I think one thing that I definitely will say throughout this these episodes as well is is how much more of an appreciation I have also grown for Craig. Um, not that I never had an appreciation for Craig, how he played the game and anything along those lines, but just just watching it closely, analysing everything, talking to him, learning his passion, all this kind of stuff. Like, 
yeah, I it's it would be so fascinating to see how he would go on in All Stars because, you know, going back to my point that the four best players on this season, he's in that group. I I, I would go out and limb and say each four of those people would be able to handle their own in an All Stars and and not fail miserably. I don't I, I I strongly believe that. I strongly believe each four of those people could go far, maybe even win it. You know, and Craig oh. could be up there as as one of the best chances of all four of them. I'd go as far as to say if if that original season was a Channel 10 season and he was eligible to be in All-Stars, that he would actually probably be the poster boy for All-Stars at the start when they were advertising, you know, like that's how good of a player he is, um, you know, that and obviously it would depend on how well he, he would have done in All-Stars, but, you know, he would. He would be one of the main main faces that they would be, um, using in ads and stuff to promote this show. That's how good of a player he is. So it is an absolute shame that he, he never got that opportunity. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think kind of seeing him versus uh, David Jeanette, something like that would be fantastic. I mean, Matty C, God, I could imagine if you had have woken up and seen that Craig was casting All-Stars. I mean, I talked about me blowing a load before. I can't imagine how big your load would have been that day. <laughs> uh, that would have been exciting, really yeah. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just uh, maybe uh, talk about I, I blowing think, loads too much this episode. Sorry, <laughs> but just just Craig's game. Like I, I've mentioned. I think I mentioned in another comment about just the way he held himself in that driving challenge. You had Tapara screaming at poor Jane, who's eighteen, probably barely ever driven. Like right, 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 and like Craig and Karen just together with everyone else shut up, just talking to each other, talking each other through it. And um, oh, when they won that, that was absolutely fantastic. Definitely. Queen Jane, hey, of course, just to correct you there. Yeah, Queen Jane, Jane, sorry. Jane, thank M- you. Manny Carr, I don't think we mentioned this earlier, but uh, we, we, we know you're a massive fan of Craig. Did we mention that Craig actually, we talked about interacting with players and that. Did we did we mention that Craig um, sent you that birthday video? You never, and, still never bloody listen, Matt. Like, seriously, oh, did, yeah, did we mention that? Out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't and know. Oh, 36 episodes was, was quite of quite a lengthy video too. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember. I've, I'm too busy listening to bloody you talking to Ben talking about blowing loads. I don't know. Cable's back, it's by the, the way. Cable, you've joined oh, us. Oh, Cable. Hello, yeah. Cable. Hey, nice uh, you join us yeah, again. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Um, <laughs> let's just say that Matt either has started to get baby brain already or um, <laughs> might be a bit of a goldfish because I definitely heard uh, Matt C talk about um, that. Oh, video. shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. We've. Um, you interviewed Craig on my birthday, so it was kind of irony, really. And um, yeah. yeah, he sent me quite a lengthy video and showed me all, all his gear and stuff. I think he even said, if there's anything you want, just let me know. But I feel bad owning his torch and his hat because I know a lot of the contestants bought their own torches. Well, actually, that's one thing we definitely haven't spoken about is, is and, and this is, uh, you're the perfect man uh, to, to talk about this, Matty Cub, because you do own a fair bit of stuff, which we've mentioned throughout this whole ASA podcast season, is the memorabilia. Once again, I, I wasn't using internet at the time. I had no idea. I knew that you they would advertise that you could go on and, and bid for it. I never did, which is a shame. But what do you actually own from season and from season one? And is there anything that you wish now that you actually did pay for and buy? And can I also quickly just interject, how much did you pay for them? Yeah. So I, the only thing I don't have a price on is Joel's shirt. Um, so the, the Kadena flag, like like these prices are crazy. The Kadena flag, I paid 163, 
And no. I know, like when the when the Tapara flag recently sold on eBay, I think it went for a thousand, a flat out thousand. Well, I was going to say that actually is not that. I thought it would have gone for a lot more than that. So yeah, I'll give you, I'll right. give you two. I'll give you two hundred bucks right now for it. I'll give you three hundred. No. Canadian. I've held I've held on to it for this long. I bloody love it. That's my favourite out of everything I have. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and that, so then Craig put up. Oh, it wasn't Craig. Uh, Craig signed three Kadena buffs um, with each one had a, a unique message on it. So the, this buff, uh, I paid $81 and I, it says the last Kadena standing because I was always proud of Kadena and particularly in the fact that he was the last person. So that was $81. Uh, Craig's ballet hat was 153 Wow. More than the flag. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, the flag was one sixty three. So ten dollars less for the ballet hat. But it's cool. It's got like these little message and everything. Does it still smell? Um You don't want to open it? It just smells it doesn't smell like (laughs) body odor or anything. It just smells (laughs) like it's been in the dirt for a while. Right. Um and then yeah, I got Joel's shirt, which was it's filthy. And and when you open it up, I remember Back when I first got it, there was like still traces of bush in it. And I, I, I don't know if it's still in there, but I did keep it in there. Wow. Um, I, I also tried to get Naomi's torch, which I've got written here. It went for 171, but I bid 170. What a bargain for a torch. Yeah, and, and I've written another little comment here. And I don't know how true this is, but it was a little message I read. I think they actually auctioned the wine glasses that Craig and Naomi had at... Um, yeah, the Micker Station. Micker Station. Yeah, honeymoon wow. night together. <laughs> Jeez. Cable, <laughs> C- Cable, I don't know if you want to be honest here. How much did you pay for that torch from our uh, car? Oh, don't even start me on that. No, I hear those prices and I'm like, Jesus. Jeez. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I know you sort of touched on it a bit. And obviously, Craig's not super desperate to get maybe his torch back. I don't know. Matthew, you could probably correct me on that. But it's actually a, a recent sort of thing that a lot of the US survivors now start to track down their torches. I know Ashley Trainer was looking after looking for hers and we finally there's a bunch of us that are a part of that sort of memorabilia group that were able to locate her torch and get it back to her. But that's the awkward thing. A lot a lot of us fans pay a lot of money for these things. Mm. And then it's that awkward like the player feels ownership because it was their torch, but they kind of want it back. But then I don't know if they really want to pay for it, which makes it really awkward as well. So because if Michael Snow came and asked for his torch, I'd feel a bit obligated to a point, but it's an item you paid for. But but then for them, it's really significant. And look, Matt's on the line here. Like Matt would know, like Matt would love to have his torch. And I'm sure many players as just, if one souvenir they could take from the show apart from their buff, I'm sure most players would love to have their torch. So yeah, it's an interesting right. sort of uh, dynamic where they sell it off. But um, I'll get get to you in two seconds matt but um i know tony vikos was trying to get his winners at war torch for what uh and maddie carr could probably confirm this we almost went for about 10 grand wow um and he missed out so tony must have been away he was watching it and then forgot that it was about to go or whatever and then was has been trying to track it down i don't know if he got it but uh he's got plenty of cash to uh pay double that easily. So, but, again, that's the winners at War Torches went for a, an absolute schoolian. So, um, but then the players for that season definitely were really wanting to get their torches. Yeah, it's 
you're right. Like I, I would pay good money for if I knew that was definitely my torch. Um, absolutely. Like that's the one thing that annoys me that I don't have. Um, obviously the main thing you want to have is your buff. You, you want to have your buff. And that's why like people like Anita on my tribe who had to burn their, their original buff, like she was in tears. She, um, you know, she's told me that story m- multiple times, how, you know, she refused to do it at first. At first she said, I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not because like us, she's a massive fan of the show. And, and um, they actually had to say, you, you, you must, chuck it in the fire and uh you know she got a, another one but it wasn't the one she wore on the show so Why you know things they just like give that. Her that fake one oh, yeah. you, like exactly <laughs> you know what i think it is guys i think what it comes down to is you've got to remember the people that are doing these shows that are in control of these shows they're they're in that business they're, they're for them they're not they're, they might necessarily be massive fans of survivor itself or super fans that, that, that's just their that's their job you know to, to to do a reality tv show i don't think a lot of them fully understand that for the players themselves these stuff you know it, the memorabilia means a lot to them it's stuff that they will show their kids you know uh, or whatever they'll keep for the rest of their lives so for me and 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 like i'll never give away or sell my my buff it wouldn't matter how much someone gives me there's just no way don't even talk to me about it so um so yeah, you know it, it's interesting, but yeah, Maddie Carr, like to pick up that flag for what one hundred and seventy one dollars, like that's insane. Like one hundred sixty three, one hundred and sixty three. Like how how yeah, <laughs> how is a hat or, or things worth the same price? Like a, a flag, a, a Kadena flag should have been should have been going for thousands. So how much yeah, do you think you'd get yeah. for it now, then, Maddie C? Like I mean, you mentioned the Tapara one went for like a grand. I mean, gosh, I, I look, I'd go out on a limb and say the Kadena one would probably go for more, just based on the history around Kadena. How much do you think it would be worth? Well, up until this podcast um, that you guys are doing, I, I, don't, I didn't think there'd ever be resale value in any of it. But I guess there are people out there that would. Well, the I buffs. pay money for, for this season one stuff. Season one buffs. I mean, Cable, you're you're definitely more into the knowledge around buffs than, mm. than I would be. But, I mean, gosh, season one buffs, whenever they go for sale, they go for hundreds and hundreds of dollars, don't they? Mm. Yeah. The, um, I got my, I got lucky back in the early eBay days. I got the buffs, uh, Kadena and Tabara pretty, oh, well, it's still at the time pretty pricey, but in today's market, absolutely got them for a steal. But um, definitely buffs. Um, because of winners at war and the nostalgia about the old school stuff. Like, again, I don't know how, ma- how much you're into it, Matty Carr, but um, the buff prices have just gone ballistic in a lot of the collectibles, like I said, from winners at war, but also the hard to get merge all stars buff. They've been going for like 400 Australian dollars online, Ooh. if not more. So um, I think even our good mate, Rhett, I think he had, he really wanted one. I think he paid 200, 250 and he got lucky on a day that, when the it was the eBay was closing, it was in an hour that was relatively inactive, I guess if, if that's the best word. And he got lucky, but for a buff to go for four hundred dollars or four hundred um, Australian dollars uh, for an Australian buff is a bit crazy, a little bit. But do you still have every single buff from all the US seasons cable? Yeah, good yep. job. How much? Like in a serious question. Like I know you would never part with them because I know mm-hmm. they obviously mean a lot to you. But like right now, if you were to say, "I'm going to sell every single buff from season one through to season forty, I mean, you, you would be in the multiple tens of thousands of dollars if you sold that as a full. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's crazy. And that's probably. Like, just, that's probably. I don't US think people realize that. Yeah, like I, I there was that guy who, who who wrote that book who I remember interviewing on Survivor. I was many Lance years Fitro. ago. Lance Fitro. Lance Fitro. Thank you. Um, 
fascinating. Like, absolutely fascinating. Because, like, I mean, I'm a Survivor fan. I love my buffs. I, I'm lucky to own, I don't know, maybe 20, I think I've got. I, I, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, gosh, I, I would love to be, like, a collector, like, like full on there. But I, based on kind of how they've been trending, I, I really think I'm never going to be able to afford to go back and get some of those. Yeah, so. get your checkbook out. Yeah, bloody hell. What What's the go with the, the new Channel 10 bus? Because I noticed during All-Stars that they seem to – they were sending out some extra buffs to people that were fans or I don't know, because before that with the channel 10 stuff, it seemed like you could not get them at all, but can you get them now? Or you, you would know a lot more about okay. this than me cable. Yeah. So, um, so 2016 Australian survivor reboot, they did a promotion in Melbourne a couple of days before the season dropped um, where they had a uh, Samoan um, tribal musical thing at the station there and they had a huge giveaway where they had buffs made up. Um, and they were, well, I guess they were buffs. They have a buff logo or tag, but they were, had a Channel 10 logo, so a little bit different from the Game Wall ones. Then there was the official buff ones that came on the – so these were just for the merge, I should say, to the black one. And the uh, cast and crew got given, uh, and there was, I think, a Channel 10 launch, something like that, where they got an official one, which you would all know that a buff comes normally on a head card. So I've got one of those, and they were sort of definitely harder to get. And then they did the same thing again um, the next season, but they did a promotion in Sydney that time. For the next season, again, it was the same sort of black merge buff, and that was a giveaway where you had to – I think it was Martin Place in Sydney where you rock up and they had something set up and there was games and you could win. And again, I know, luckily I knew a girl that was up there that she actually, towards the end, there was not enough people would turn up. So she got handed, you know, tens of them and, you know, she was giving out to fans from um, some Facebook groups. But yeah, apart from, I think Matthew Carr's going to say it, but um, another guy we know that's got amazing collection. He obviously has the connections and the money to buy. He's got, pretty much every original Australian Survivor buff um, that hasn't obviously been released to the public. But, um, yeah. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. And just on that topic, if you would like your own buff, buy an Aurora buff thanks to Australian mm, Survivor not Archive. Left. Not many la- left. Not many left at all. Thanks to Cable, Brandon Sage, <clears throat> and the great people over at, uh, what's the name of the company? Head Headskins. 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 Headskins, what a great, like just like Lays and Telstra and all those great people that have supported us all season. Headskins, thanks, Headskins. Uh, in all seriousness, we do actually have some left, so uh, we, we uh, have them for sale. Buy one. Um, some of the, just a couple of quick questions here that we got sent in. Um, I, I like Craig actually did send us in a question. He commented on one of our posts. We've kind of answered it. Uh, why did Kadena suck so much? We really just couldn't pull it together when it counted. Uh, but uh, nice comment from Craig in all seriousness saying, it's been a great walk down memory lane, reliving all the amazing fun that Survivor was. I've loved listening to everyone's experiences then and now. Thanks for doing this, Matt and Ben. You legends. Can't wait for the reunion. Well, that's available now for people to download, of course. Thanks, Craig. It was a pleasure having you involved in that. Uh, I've got a couple of questions here from some... Oh, God, this guy sounds like an absolute tosser. Cable? Yeah, I don't know who that is. Um, There's a few of us. Why does Matt Dyson try to uh, usurp? Wanda Shirk? Usurp? Usurp. What's that? Usurp. Well, he was trying to make out that he he's better than Wanda Shirk and she lasted three days. She lasted two days. As soon as I heard that, I was screaming... Well, Cummings can't be as bad as me recently on uh, the birthday post saying Des played for two days. Sorry, Matt. 
What's that? I posted on Dez's birthday the other week that he played for two days because Survivor Wiki had it wrong, and I blame yeah, no, the Survivor it, Wiki. No, I was I was definitely the first Australian Survivor to only last two days. Yeah. That, uh, also, that, that here, piece of history. Matt jokes Jane took his spot, but seriously, who out who's out of Whaler's way for you, Matt? If, if I got to if I got to play, yeah. Who do you yeah. think? Whose spot did you take? Uh, did they? Did whose spot took your spot? Who who took your? You know what I'm trying to say. Because it couldn't have been Jane. Let's say you wouldn't have fit into the female no, spot. So or the bikini. Hypothetically, if they if you got the gig, whose spot honestly do you think you would have taken? I'm going to say Sylvan. Because and I'm glad yeah. you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Joel, giddy up. Yeah, right? I, I thought well, Joel yeah, pro- too. Pro- to be honest, probably Joel. Yeah, but, but, youngest, I, you, but, but, I, but I wanted to be on Kadena. That's the thing. But, yeah, you're probably right. It would have been, yeah, Joel. He we, he was a bit of a football player. I was a football player. Put so not Sylvan at- on Tapara. That would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Shona and Sylvan hanging out together. Um, I like this question, Cable, that you asked us. What's the most interesting or fun or random fact from the handbook? That's a great question. That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I, I love Sophie sitting on the Queen's lap and farting. That's not really a fact. Yeah. But um, I, I love the incorrect fact that Shona owns a Ferrari. So, you know, that was that that was wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, I've, I, I have read it from cover to cover. Like, I, I read every single page. It's, it's very fascinating. Um, but, again, similar to what we're saying about Survivor Survivor, I think this would be a great idea to put for every season. I, I loved hearing about that wham bam car to hear that yeah. the that all I thought that was brilliant. Like that just sums up what's going on behind the scenes that you get all the crew just chucking in fifty bucks each and uh, buying this. Let's be honest, a piece of shit car, and then they all just paint it and they put the whale on the front. Matt Bronger and his brother painted the 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 whale on the on the bonnet of the car. And that like they're the stories that I love to hear. Absolutely. Um, I will say also with that handbook, sorry to jump in, Ben, but the, the handbook, when you compare it to, um, we've talked about it earlier in the show, but the Australian Outback one that came out, it was more of an informative guide of the players and or the location they were going to be in. It wasn't really game stuff. You look at the handbook and, again, people go, ah, oh, that season was shit. It's actually a really good book, like you're saying, the Survivor, the Surviving Survivor doco that, this one is actually really informative, and, and whether you agree with a lot of the decisions they made regarding this show, like the fact that they put that in a book and they were willing to it not be just a bit of fluff piece that they actually gave you some information and reasons to why they chose Whaler's Way and all that sort of stuff. It's actually a good book. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It really it really is a fantastic book, and anyone who is a fan of this season, I mean, it, it really is a, a must-own piece of uh memorabilia it really is fantastic and i'm so glad that matt and i both had a copy of it cable i mean i thank you i think Rhett for kind of hooking me up with mine um but you know it's it's i'm so glad i own that and it's, it's easily one of my most treasured possessions now i'll be completely honest with you it's, it's a great piece to kind of have uh the only other question we got and i really do appreciate this one from Lockie sims uh who do you think is the most underrated australian survivor player now i'm, I'm going to just you know, connect that into season one because ultimately we want to kind of target each season. We'll have questions for each season. So, uh, you know, down the line, Lockie, if kind of maybe you were hoping we are coming down. Matt, put your hand down. It's not you. Um, that, <laughs> that we'll have that for those. But, um, I mean, I, I just, I will jump in and say I think kind of I'll go over what I said before. I think it's Craig. I, I, I mean, that's maybe a weird answer just 
because he, you know, we've talked him up a lot and everything, but I, I think kind of when people talk about this season, you're talking about Rob, Katie, Shona, you do remember Joel, you know, you're kind of remembering that. Um, I still think a lot of Australian Survivor fans forget about Craig and just how good he was. And on a side note, I would add Shona for her gameplay ability because I don't know if people talk about her strategic side. You know, it's all about her character and everyone remembers her for that side of things. But one thing that I have also really learned this season is just what an amazing player Shona was. Cable, uh, you and I, I think, mentioned on the last time you were here, you and I did that ridiculously stupid rankings of all the Australian Survivor <laughs> players a few years ago, which is embarrassing to look back at now. Uh, and I think we kind of, well, I mean, I think I did. I don't, I don't want to speak for you. Talk down Shona has not been that good. So um, based on that, I would say those two. If I said a character, I would join with what Matt D's about to say in David Haas because I really did appreciate him a lot more. Jane, I'm I'm dead serious. I I, I grew such a fondness for Jane this season. Queen Jane, all hail the Queen. Um, and yeah, Naomi and the bloody ship. I, I appreciate Naomi's bloodies this season. So you know, I gave like five answers there. I'm sorry, Matt. You you scream with your hand up there. Come on, talk about your bald headed brother. All right, this is David Haas hour now. Uh, okay, no look. I've made it clear throughout the season, but I did, this is one thing I've really enjoyed is is this, and I've, I've said it a lot, players in, in Survivor that go early, sometimes they're forgotten about so quickly, but you always think, well, you go back and watch the season, you're like, well, what if, what, what happened if they found an idol or they just didn't get voted out that 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 trouble? Because like, those early players, you don't really see much about, and David stands out for me. Like, oh my God, I can see why he got cast he got three episodes and the three episodes he did. And we've proven this from the stats and his confessionals that he had the highest percent of the amount of confessionals he got for the, the amount of episodes he was in, which shows you the type of character he was. He's very unique, um, you know, and yeah, he got a little bit sick, but um, for me, David Haas was, was the highlight for me. Uh, I totally agree with you with Shona. I think, oh man, she's a top tier player. Like, and I've realized that, over this last you know nine months, but uh, Shona's incredible. Should have been on All Stars, but um, Craig. I, I sorry, and Craig as well. Obviously, a, a new appreciation for Craig and his gameplay, especially Naomi. I think I think Naomi originally, even when I first started watching this season, I thought oh, she was a little bit in the background. But you know, she was twenty two at the time, and uh, she was pretty good. I'd actually Naomi's definitely one I would have loved to um, come back and see play now that you know now that she's in her forties. But um, for me, David Haas. Big time. He was an ultimate character. If he would have got to last, you know, seven, eight episodes, man, it, he would have made for some for some great TV. Okay, well, I'm going to go to you next. I'll save Matty C for the last year. Yeah, I think you've pretty, pretty much reeled off a few. But the, the ones for me, like, it, it is always hard when you don't see much of an edit. And um, like uh, Matt just said, that they go early. But I think for... At the time, again, context and maybe the players trying to be too friendly and not want to hurt each other's feelings and maybe not strategize as much. And also they hadn't seen a lot before. But I think Deb is very underrated. Um, and, you know, getting injured, um, I think things happen a little bit differently. I think she goes a bit further in the game. Um, and then I still think so. It's funny, when it was great listening to your podcast right through and, you know, you're talking about Sophie not getting much of an edit. And, you know, at the time, I don't feel like that was my memory of it, but um, I'm not doubting what you're saying at all. Like, I guess our memories change over time and just what you remember. But I remember feeling like 
Sophie, and we've heard it from the players in your interviews, that Sophie was a bit of a threat. So um, I think Sophie for someone, yeah, I, I don't know. There's something about Sophie that I think definitely, that it didn't show it, but I think she was definitely someone that could have done some damage. If they could have flipped things about on Shona and Rob or something like that, I think. Sophie was underrated. We just didn't see it because we didn't Agreed. need to see it, I guess. I agree. And with yeah. Deb too. Deb Deb definitely is someone that uh, I feel we don't sort of bring up a lot when we talk about those sort of things. But, um, yeah, well-liked, uh, physically strong, uh, you know, could have really done some damage in that. All right, Matty C, hit us up, man. I know I know you're dying cool. for this one. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, I don't think Craig was underrated, really. I, I think mm. yeah, his glory all shown over with Sean but um he, he just didn't get a chance to really play as hard as what he could have um yeah I actually think like Karen was pretty underrated she was an interesting player listening to her interview there's a few um like she was playing the game but again I just don't think we we've seen it because of everything that was going on at Tapara we were only seeing the light-hearted side of Kadena but how she um uh, you know, she opted to go before Naomi because she knew Naomi wanted to get, get at least to the jury. So oh, I think Karen was quite underrated. Sophie, definitely. Like, we only hear good things of Sophie. We don't get to see much of the gameplay, but obviously she was doing things right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it's it's interesting actually with Karen because um, she's, I, like, I thoroughly enjoyed the interview with her, but I still think coming out of her interview and still to this day, I, I still don't understand where Karen is. <laughs> like I still don't know what, what she did in that game or how she, uh, you know, I don't even think she knows. And that that's the beauty of Karen. I think I kind of, that was, it was a fun way of summarizing her. And it, it's important that we, we, we quickly discussed too coming to the end of this podcast that uh, did the right player win, you know, Rob, Rob ultimately won. Absolutely. Um, I think I think he did, but do we, are we all in agreement with that? That because a lot of seasons we can say that you can say, oh, the, the the best player didn't win, and there's that argument. Well, if you win, you are the best player. But um, I think there's, to me anyway, there's no argument here. The best player won. Yep, hundred percent. Cable's nodding. Yep. Oh, I was happy that Rob won. Oh, I can see the argument though that the whole Joel situation in the final three, you know, you take that out of it, and and then you give maybe Sophie and Katie a bit more of a better shot. At getting to the end, then you know, obviously, those two are in the scenario too. But apart from that, I think yeah, Rob was definitely, um, definitely the best player. But I will say, like, I the, the evolution of when you guys did all these episodes, I did love that. I could actually see Matt's love of Shona build, build, build as you went through oh. all the episodes, and it's it's right. I, going back to that uh, ranking we did, Ben, it is hmm. embarrassing because it's not till you sort of look back. I feel like, yeah, I mean, my memory was the strongest Tapara characters, or at least uh, visually and edit-wise, was Katie and Rob. And then Shona was so subtle as well. And and like you said, you know, she had her great moments with the tiddlywinks and stuff like that. But I guess maybe first viewing, I just didn't take that as much on board. And maybe I saw her as the Tina to Rob's Colby or something like that. But, um, yeah, Shona's definitely underrated from that point of view. Um, yep. One question I want to ask each of you is: you get you get to pick one player that would that could, should have been in All Stars. One player only. Can't it can't be Tim or Rob because they're no longer with us. 
And Ben's giving me the bit of a no, I'm no, not giving yet. you a bit of a la- uh, bit of a finger here because I mean I I'm going to preempt you by almost interrupting you. Well, I am interrupting you. Um, this was leading into my next bit, so um, just a quick little thing with the context of what I was about to do here, Matt, because this is one of the questions that I, I will ask. So uh, for anybody who has stayed with uh, our shows. I apologize that you put up with us for that long, but if you remember Survivor Oz and we did the Oz caps, we would do kind of a general, you know, couple hours season recap and just going over the players and everything like that sort of stuff. We would end each with some quick fire questions where we would basically, you know, ask one of the questions was the most underrated player of the season, you know? And so I've got these, I've, I've dug them from the Survivor Oz vault. I've dusted them off. And one of these questions is Matt, basically what you are asking. So I kind of thought, well, that will tie into this. Um, so we've already kind of answered the most underrated player one, but we'll, and we kind of maybe just answered this one here too, based on uh, what we're talking about with Rob. But the first question is who was the best player all season? So I'll just, I'll go around the room. I'm just going to, I'm looking at the order that's in front of me, which is Matt C, Matt D and Cable B. So mm. I'll start with Matty C, best player all season. Rob. Matty D. Yeah, Rob. Cable B. I'm going to be controversial here. Because I have a lot of love for Rob. But I think Katie was kind of almost a better player. I I just think, I just maybe, just that maybe lack of maturity and the fact that she put all her eggs in the Rob basket goes against it. But I think challenge-wise and motivating that tribe, I I think Katie, and you've heard it from the players, they've all put their hand up to say if Katie was in the final sort of two, that she might have gone close to winning. So I'm going to say Katie. I... As a Katie fan, I'm going to love you for that. Uh, I, however, <laughs> You're going to disagree. I, I, I can't go past Rob. I mean, I, I've labelled him the greatest Australian Survivor player of all time. I've, I've given a firm answer on that with him and the Golden God. So, I mean, I can't put someone ahead of him. Uh, he, to me, best player of all time, best player of this season. W- were you going to say something, Matty Carr, about... Uh, what yeah, I was, I was just going to say, um, Rob had contingency plans where Katie didn't. Rob... Rob- you know, he, he had a plan with Shana, he had a plan with Katie, he had a plan with Sophie. Katie didn't have that. And when she realised that uh, the Rob, uh, you know, her thing with Rob was coming to an end, she didn't have anywhere else to go where Rob had those other options, which I think that puts him the best player. I think what Ben and I have discovered from really doing an, an in-depth analysis of this season and and the players and talking to the players, like, Rob just nailed it on every level. He nailed it on the social level. He nailed it, you know, around camp. Um, he was good in challenges, but he was always playing the game. Yes, you can, uh, the argument's there that Katie was always thinking about the game. i got no doubt about that. But did Rob outthink her at times? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. So, um, you know, it, it you know, if you look, if for me anyway, and I think Ben will, will back me up here that if you're looking at other players and trying to trying to get them to be better than Rob, like you kind of get a bit unstuck because at the end of the day, Rob had an answer for everything, and that's and, and just like David Janat did in All Stars, like it's so rare that you a player will always have an answer for everything, and yep. Rob did, and and that's what makes him incredible. And I like I'm the biggest Katie fan on the planet, but I I would definitely agree with what you're saying there, Matt C about that. And I mean, look, I would 
probably rank Katie as the greatest female player of all time. And she's, she's in the top five easily um, of all time to me. But um, yeah, no, Rob definitely have that. I think we've lost Cable again. So hopefully he might uh, join us again at some point here, <laughs> but uh, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Now I've answered, we've already answered the most underrated player. Here's the fun one. And we have to answer this. I don't want any toad, tipping away around this and giving me bullshit. Oh, no, we can't answer this one. You've got to give me an answer or I will don't know what I'll do. The worst player all season, Matty C. Oh, God, Jeff. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no. Wow. I, only because I, I can't stand how, like, what he, you know, when he picked on Kadena at the challenges, I thought that was in bad taste. I didn't like that at all. Wow, that that's interesting. Maddie D is more offended than I am, but yeah, wow. Okay. <laughs> no, no, Jeff is awesome. Uh, I would have to say, look, I'm. It, it's a real touch and go between two players, and I'll, I'll give my give you my reasons why. One's Lucinda, not just because she was out first, but the fact that whether you know the fact that she still put her name down on on a on a parchment to vote herself out. That's can never be forgiven. Like you, and I know she had her reasons. And technically, if she knew she was definitely going, it was actually a smart move because it actually helped her tribe. But at the end of the day, you still don't write down your name. You just can't do it. But in saying that, you also don't get to the final three and hand your game away. So for me, it's Joel. That it's unforgivable. It not many people will ever get to a final three and a chance to 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 be the final two and a chance to win the, the prize of the ultimate survivor. He had that. And he handed it over. So for me, it's it's Joel. Yeah, look, you know, I slightly differ on that, Matt. Um, I'm not going to say Joel, but again, I can see that argument. I I think you kind of have to say Lucinda. Just, I mean, I know it's kind of obvious with the first boot is the worst and the 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 best is the winner. But I think too that um, you know, on that, I, I I think the weird thing with Lucinda voting for herself is that she kind of did it for strategic reasons, and she kind of could which is a weird thing to kind of defend. But um, at the same time, though, I mean, she did all but say, like, you guys should vote for me. <laughs> so, like, you know, yeah. Yeah, some people would classify that as a quit. So, yeah. yeah um, so I I would go with Lucinda there. Uh, when Cable comes back, we'll see what he says. Uh, best challenge all season. Maddie C. Oh, God. Ah. Oh. Uh, that that shot put challenge was good. I'm trying to think of the the shot put one. Oh, actually, the one um, that Deb did where she had the injured ankle. I thought like that was a that was a good old, old fashioned um, survivor challenge. Yep, yep. Maddie D. And well, don't I'll say t- the measuring one. I'll slap you. <laughs> no, I'll, 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 give you the, I'll, I'll give you my favourite re- reward challenge and my favourite immunity. So how about that? So my favourite reward challenge was, um, oh, this is an easy one for me, is the one that um, Jane won with the, we, we've talked about it a lot, with the uh, slingshot out into the water and the whale came. And um, so that's, I just think it looked visually stunning, awesome. I think it was just a good but easy, simple challenge. Anyone could win. I like the challenges where anyone can win. Um, yeah, and Jane won. So for me, that's an easy one. For my favourite immunity challenge would have to be the one I thought also looked fantastic where at night where they all, they got the fire, they all um, pick up the stick, 
pull, pull it out across the fire and they say go. And then within two seconds, Lincoln says, okay, uh, now change hands. And they've got to do it with their opposite hand. And uh, of course, Craig ends up beating, beating out Rob and uh, Craig gets immunity. And I, I just thought that looked great. I like the night challenges. Yep. And I just thought once again, nice, easy, cheap challenge, but it's a good survivor challenge. So yeah, they're my two favorite. Okay, well, welcome back. Uh, the question we're asking right now is the best challenge of the season. And I'm also going to give you the one that you missed when you uh, were away. Who is the worst player on the season? Ooh, worst player. So should we tell him who we said, Ben? I, I don't want to preempt him. I want him to answer okay. and then we can tell mm, him. Worst player. Worst player. Wow. You can edit some of this part out. Um No. <laughs> worst player worst player I like um, the tension oh no no sorry well look we've heard from her she was a good chat but I still feel like you get on the show you vote yourself out after three days I can't I know there's reasons for that but I still I sort of can't get past that uh, Lucinda sorry yeah, just to, to go back on what Matt was saying, I said Lucinda, Matt said Lucinda and Joel, and Matt C said Jeff. So yeah, yeah. Hmm. You, you know, you know, Maddie Carr was never going to say a Kadena member. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Best All challenge for you, Cable. Yeah. Um, best challenge. Oh, um. I actually did like the first one that actually bombed. Apart from it bombing at the end, I like the epicness of it. And that's, we've talked about it ad nauseum, so I'm not going to go over it again, but they started off that first episode with such a great mm. challenge. Um, unfortunately, just the ending just killed it. So apart from that, I like the idea, I like the concept. It was part of teamwork. They had to get the logs, bring them up and all that. And the way it was edited together was pretty good as well. So um, I'd have to say that one. And that, if you ask first... me for the worst one, yep. Uh, no, oh, no, no, I haven't was, got that question, oh, but we all know the, the answer. <laughs> we all know the answer, so let's move on. We don't need to. Oh, no, okay, sorry. <laughs> it's the measuring one. If anyone says anything yep. else, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> can, I, can I just say, I'm glad you brought that up, Cable. I'm just going to quickly brush over it now. That first episode could have been epic. Like uh, in that surviving, and I'd mentioned this when we recapped the first episode, but I saw it again in the surviving survivor. That, that intro where they're driving in on the bus and it's like from the helicopter and it's, it's the dirt road and the bush and then you've got the, the cliffs and the waterway that looked epic. And then they, they get out the Lincoln's there. They get out of the boat. Lincoln does that great five minute speech, which he did in one take. Um, that episode was going really well. And, and you're right. Cable like that, that first immunity challenge, man. And, and I, they, they talked about it on, on surviving survivor again. Like that could, that looked awesome. It was a great challenge. And it is such a shame, such a shame that it didn't work. And we know now why it didn't work, you know, and, and all that. But, man, that first episode could have been an absolute game changer for this season. And it could have been an epic start. But, unfortunately, as we know, history uh, can't change and it will always be sort of remembered for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I was definitely going to give it an honourable mention because I think kind of the look and everything of the epicness of that first season, uh, the first challenge sorry was great it really was and if that had worked i mean god that would have just been such an amazing way to start the season so i think going out all guns blazing for that first challenge it just it's a shame it didn't work um 
I, I'm with you with the, the, the slingshot challenge. That's definitely one of my favorite challenges. I really like the, uh, the one in the boat in the final episode that Rob wins the, the gangplank one where they're walking, yeah. uh, walking the plank. That's a fantastic look for that one. Uh, I'm always a fan of gross food eating challenges. So I, I always like those as well. Um, but even just the simple ones standing out in the water, kind of like I, I love an endurance challenge when it's a genuine endurance challenge and not, you know, the, all the, the different models of it we have in modern day survivor. And I mean, what makes that fun, of course, is give me me bloody boat back and, and sort of <laughs> Joel rapping and kind of, you know, Rob using his strategic mindset to be like, Hey, give us one of those wraps, Joel. Cause he knows he's basically going to fall off, you know, things like that. It's fantastic. So, uh, yeah. And I don't actually have the worst challenge question on this list, but, um, yeah, we know the answer. I always like this question. I remember this back from the Oscap days. What was the biggest moment this season, as in the key moment that decided the game? What was the one moment that basically led to the victory of Rob that decided this game? The the one moment. Matt C. Oh. God. I don't know if I want to go as far back as... Or- as far late as what well, I mean, the, I think he was always going to win anyway. I think he 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 had every plan in place to get to the end. I I I don't think he could have lost, to be honest. So you don't think there's one moment you think Rob was just destined to win the whole way? <sighs> I, I think um, just his bond with Katie and his bond with Shona. I think once that was set, that was it. Okay. And that was very early. Yep. No. Yeah. Simple. Matty D. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's the the Joel deal, and 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 that 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 killed Katie's game. Whether she could have given Rob a bit more run for his money in the end, but there's no doubt that that Joel agreeing to throwing his game away it it, it put the nail in the coffin of Katie, which was a shame because it didn't matter how well, how good up until that point Katie had played, that had sealed the deal right there. So for me, it's it's that. Cable? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same as uh, Matty Dyson. I think um, the deal changed the game. And, but like Matt Carr said, I mean, I still feel like he was probably close to being destined. Like he, he even had a relationship with Sophie that she believed she could probably go the end with him. So he had enough support that he would probably be someone either taken to the end or at least you, you you know what I'm saying if any if you want me to have something a little bit different the only other person that I feel like was a true threat to Rob's game apart from Katie was actually Craig so just making sure he was out um was it the biggest moment no but um you know that was the, the big thing that Tapara had to do was get rid of Craig I I agree with everything that everyone said, but I mean, to me, the easier answer is exactly what, what Matt D and Cable went with as well in terms of the deal with Joel. Uh, I mean, I agree absolutely with what you were saying with two Matt C. I mean, absolutely, Rob, I think was destined to win, but I mean, at that point, with everyone he had left in the game, basically, he had a deal with to get to the end, essentially. So he was always getting to the end, and I think he was always getting the votes, as we discovered, kind of with the, the what is scenario. So yeah, I think the Joel deal. But yeah, that one is the, the biggest one. Uh, the biggest what-if moment. So basically, what if one thing had to change, the whole season could have changed. Uh, Matt C. Uh, I, I just think the um, pagonging of Kadena. I think that would have been completely different. And, and I I wish, in hindsight, that you know it wasn't a pagonging. 
Yep. Matt D. Well, I think for me, this is an easy one. It's We've talked about it at length, Ben, that uh, that first immunity challenge that stuffed up, Kadena were actually in the lead. They were the first ones to throw the, the spear. They got it alight. Um, it should have lit up straight away. They would have won. It would have changed the entire game. So obviously, um, Tapara would have been going to Trouble Council first. Probably Jane would have gone home first. Uh, and let's be honest, that who, who's, you know, it would have changed the entire game. Um, Yes, Tim probably Tim wouldn't have been going next. Um, he would have stayed around longer. So for me, that's an easy one. It, it's that first challenge and the fact that Kadena were winning and it wasn't any fault of their own that, um, you know, they shouldn't have really been going to that first tribal council. Cable. Yeah, I, I won't add much more than what Matt just said. I think, like you said, like it's one of those domino or butterfly effects that you don't, you know, even going, like you said, like Tim wouldn't have been the next one, not necessarily. And then remember he was needed for that next wood chopping challenge. Yeah. And so there's like this whole thing of like the whole scenario changes, like maybe some of the boot orders fairly similar, but I mean, it just means Tapara goes to tribal for the first time, but the morale at Kadena's is a bit more up and about and maybe they're a bit more better organized. Who knows? But um, definitely um, Kadena, unfairly probably as looked at as a really bad tribe, but wasn't as bad as people remember, as you guys have, have said over the journey of this uh, podcast. Biggest what if moment to me is if Matt Dyson had been cast, how would this be <laughs> different? Uh, no, in you know what? In all serious, I probably would have lasted a lot longer than I did on the season I did get freaking cast on, trust me. Well, that's true because if you were first, but you would have lasted three days. So you, you're very true there. Um, I like I, I agree with everything again, um, but I actually kind of going back to the, the biggest moment, I, I, it would have been interesting actually to see if they hadn't gone through with the Joel deal. Joel goes home that night. Uh, and then kind of opens it up a little bit more for, for Katie and Sophie then. You know, Katie's not as pissed off. Sophie's not pissed off. How does that play out? If Katie gets to the final three, you know, like, I mean, would she have won that challenge at the end? You know, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think it changes. I still think Rob wins. But, I mean, there's a possibility that, you know, Katie goes on a streak and doesn't take Rob. Maybe I mean, she's going to. I don't know. Something a little bit different into the mix, but I think. And then yeah, you could even even add the potential final three, um, I guess, deal or oh, what Stephen Peters was going to bring up. Point. If that actually went through, like how great the, that would that yeah. actually, I'm going to steal your answer. I'm going to change that. Actually, okay. I, I legitimately think that is actually a fantastic point. How would have that gone? Um, you know, Katie might have gotten a lot of sympathy at the end if it's Katie, Shona, and Rob. You never know. And we, as we've discovered throughout these interviews, Katie had a lot of people there who would have voted for her. So, yeah. Um, the the worst moment of the season. Matt, is that for, easy for you, Matt Dyson? And David gets voted out? Uh-huh. No, you, you just answered it. You knew that. Yeah, of course it was David being voted out. Yep. Uh, Matt C, was it when Craig got voted out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was devastating. Okay. Also learning that his chocolate methods were wrong. Um, yeah. Cable, your worst <laughs> moment of the season? Jane getting um, voted out? <laughs> no, no. I think for the success of the show, and trust me, I was wanting it to be a success and hopefully maybe another season and me and Matt could apply again and all that sort of stuff. I think just the feedback that they got for the failure of that first challenge, I think that we've spoken, again, look, Ad nauseum, um, don't really need to rehash old stuff, but that was such a big deal that that failed and that was so big for the show that, um, yeah, I think that's probably the worst moment for me. I think um, it didn't kill me, but I know I know people that dropped off just gave, just 
gave it a hard pass. So that's really sad. No, I'd agree. That my answer would be the first episode, and it's it's and it's not based on me not liking the first episode. I just think that that killed it, and that's tarnished the season because we, as we completely discovered, that so many people dropped off, as you just mentioned, they didn't watch it. They're like, "What the hell is this? This is crap," and they didn't stick around, which is just a travesty. And I would even go out on a limb and just say that and this is a weird answer. Bear with me. That the whole season is the worst moment because it basically got such a tarnished legacy for the local version of Survivor that so many people just just didn't mention it. They don't, and still people still don't mention this season. They just skip all over it, as we talked about earlier. So it, it's a shame. It's such a shame. And, um, you know, it, it really does pay me to think that we're still nearly 20 years later, unfortunately, have that as a thing. And, Ben, clearly the official um, Survivor YouTube channel agree with you because they still refuse to actually upload that first episode. Very true. Yeah, very, very true. Um, biggest what the beep moment. Uh, what the fuck moment of the season. What was the, the craziest, weirdest situation? And, I mean, I mean, if we can't think of any, I mean, add in an additional answer from our uh, interviews, you know, like, you know, basically Sylvan being a bit of a drug dealer out there. I don't know. Uh, Maddie C., uh, <laughs> Answer for this one. Oh, God. What the fuck? <laughs> yes. I can't even think. Someone else go next. Yeah. What also? For me, and look, it's a it's a great moment on, on television, but for me, it's probably Katie's breakdown. Like, I think all these years later, you can you look at it now and, and you think, you know, that the poor girl was struggling. Like, she had put so, she had invested so much into a game at this stage and – you know, I think we're a lot more aware these days, you know, with 2020, we're, we're a lot more aware of, um, you know, mental health and stuff like that and, and, and how people react to certain things. And she was struggling. Like, there's no doubt about that. At the time, it's it's reality TV's new. People are like, oh, great, you know, like she's having a breakdown on TV. You know, Katie was a great player. She's one of the all-time great players. And it was not until the last episode, you know, she had a breakdown and, and it was kind of hard to watch. And, um you know, thankfully, you know, you know, nothing came of that. Like Katie's doing well now, but it's to me that was a, it was a what the fuck moment, and it's especially now that we know a lot more about how people react to things. So, um, although it made great TV, yeah, it's um, you know, you never want to see someone go through that, especially in reality TV. Cable. Um. Hmm. I think there's a few. Um, I won't list all of them, but it, maybe for me it's more the technical side of the show that I feel like, again, they just didn't sort of put into place enough or didn't have the money to do. And I won't say the first challenge necessarily, but I'll say the David Haas sickness and not playing and, and obviously producers not really, you know, working that out to make it fair or not have Tapara at a disadvantage moving forward. Just the little things like that, like almost like the producers just didn't have a great handle on how to deal with each situation um, in probably a logical manner. So. I'll answer in a sec, but Matty C, do you want to swing back to you? Yeah, I think um, probably the biggest one is uh, you know, Joel coming in third and, um, you know, Katie could have been third. Someone better that wanted to be there should have been there. I think there's a few, and I'll list a few. Um, oh, I'm wow. going to steal okay. one of Maddie, 
<laughs> I mean, I I'll get my Jeff Brown toilet pole. Go for it. Go for it. Um, uh, Maddie D, I know you. I'm surprised you didn't mention this one. This well, is I, I'm, I think I know what you're going to say. For me, it's probably the opening, set, the, the intro music. Although oh, I no, love no, no. it. Well, that, that's on my list, but I was going to yeah, say. I was the, gonna say the, yeah, I love the intro music, but at the time, it was definitely what the fuck. Like, that yeah. was by, oh. by far an absolute. And I it think, came out of nowhere that this yeah. isn't the music. But don't get me wrong, I absolutely love that music now. Well, so. I, I think kind of a few things I was going to list there in terms of absolutely at the time, and this is, again, the context word, that at the time you think about hearing that music for the first time, what the fuck is this music? We're in Australia, in South Australia, what the fuck? Like kind of things like that was really jarring at the time. So like things like that I'm just listing, even though, again, I'm with you. I, I love the music now. I, I, I've really grown to love the location, things like that. The thing I was going to mention that I surprised you didn't mention, Matt, was kind of like the the whole reward sharing aspect. Like what the oh, fuck are you sharing the rewards kind of things like that <laughs> as well. Um, and, yeah, the, the other one I was going to say as well is um, – Craig not doing the challenge on the beach with the bungee cord. Yeah. You know, that could have yeah. that could have changed a, a few things out I, there, I think. Um that, still reckon that's that's one of his biggest regrets from, yeah. from his time there. And also the final one, uh just simply Sylvan. What the fuck? Like <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, him, but like what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> um, uh yeah. the final one, and this is uh the, the one Matt that you were alluding to before. Uh the question is simply, player you would like to see return that hasn't returned? Well, none of these players have and sadly probably never will. So I'm going to give you one. I'm not, I'm, I've am i got to abide by the same rules. And I'm going to say this, Matt, I, I like your criteria before, but let's live in a, a great world where Tim and Rob are still with us. Let's oh, open the pool. So, and we're only allowed one answer. And I don't want but honorable should- mentions. I just want one answer. Right. Shouldn't you say if it was going to happen now and they can film it, it's who's with us? I, no? I'm going on the grand scheme that maybe Australian mm. Survivor just continued on from that point. We've had 18 years' worth of seasons. We've got an all-stars. I, I want to live in a perfect world, Cable, where this is yeah. where it is. So I, I'm going to... He's doing this guy so he can say Rob. That's all he's doing. He, he's manipulating I, the question. But uh, what I'll say... Are saying I, I'm going to answer Rob? I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. If I get one player to play, and I'll, I'll tell you why I'm picking this player, is Shona. And that's simply because I would love her to play right now. She's 68. She puts all of us to shame of how fit she is. It's unbelievable. She, there's not many 68-year-olds that could keep up with Shona right now. That she, She's one in a million, like absolute just so rare for someone to be able to get her to play this game. And she's willing to play. She's able to play. There's not many people her age that would be able to do it. She is the exception. So to have a 68 year old former player, female that can still play this game, um, they need to, they need to get her on right now. I don't even care if they pick the cast already for the next season. They need to boot one out and get Shona Brown back on. Maddie C, I know your answer, but talk up Craig. (laughs) Yeah, def- definitely Craig. Uh, I just think out of, you know, where they are now 20 years later, I just think he is probably the most capable. Um, yeah, he, everyone likes him. He'll get on with people. He has that game play aspect. He's fit uh, and he has that drive. I just, I think he would be the best choice. Cable. This is going to surprise you, Ben, especially, but I'm actually going for a realistic choice. There's two people that I'd love if it was a perfect world and we 
you know, lived in that world, but we don't live in a perfect world. So I'm going to be realistic. And the most realistic person to come back and actually do well is actually Craig. So I would pick Craig. I think I'd love to see Rob, but let's be honest. He's unfortunately no longer with us and we can't change that fact. Katie, I would love, and I think she'd be great as well, but she just had a baby. She's got other stuff in her life. So she couldn't pack up and go right now. It has to be Craig 100%. Um, I'm surprised, Matt, that you thought that I was only doing that to get Rob back because uh, even with that criteria, honestly, my answer is Katie. Like, it, it, it is Katie. I think that – I mean, I agree, Cable, exactly what you said. I think realistically, 100% it would be Craig. And I think we probably all agree right now that realistically Craig would be the one that would come back. But Katie is gold. <laughs> I mean, no pun intended. Uh, you know, the way – everything she brought was fantastic. And – yeah, she's a lot older now. She's a lot more mature and everything like that. But I think if push came to shove, you know, if that's inside of you, if that's capable of coming out at times like that, it's probably capable of coming out again. And who knows? I'm not saying Katie's going to threaten to kill someone again, but fuck it. If we get to see it again, it's going to be great TV again. So, no, Katie, 100% for me. If I had lived in a world where I could choose, it would be Katie for me. So, yeah, there we go. Now... Couple of things to wrap this up, guys. But before we do, Cable, you've unfortunately got to leave us right now. Uh, you've, I mean, you yes. left us a couple of times in this episode, but you, you're leaving yeah. for good now. Uh, damn any, Telstra. Damn Telstra. Oh, they're a sponsor. Sorry, they're a sponsor. Sorry. They, they are. They are a proud sponsor uh, of Australian Survivor Archives. Give me a quick final thought on season one. This will be the last chance we get to talk about season one for for some time, at least. So. Uh, Fire off a quick um, fire it's a season that, uh, yeah, it's still very close to my heart. I feel like I'm I'm connected to it. Like Matt, I applied for it. I've got the letter. Um, I was rejected for the season. But meeting some of the people, the real people from the show, um, yeah, there's that. But also um, I've actually – you guys have inspired my love of the show again, you know, by listening to you guys and, and interviewing everyone. So, um, yeah, I, again, like I said at the start of the podcast, congratulations, guys. You've done a fantastic effort. I know it's a lot of man hours. and I know Matt's a very busy person too. And Ben, you've been traveling all over the world and getting stuck in different countries and stuff like that. So for you guys to be able to put together this show, um, it's a massive credit to you guys and your hard work. So congratulations. And it'll be interesting to hear Celebrity Survivor coming soon. Very excited. Ring on uh, Ben the Marine. Uh, Cable, thank you for your uh, your fandom, your, your support of the season. And, uh, yeah, we, we will get you on again, no doubt, in the future, in our future installments of the show. So thank you and go enjoy being locked away in a little house in Victoria. Drinking my solo and Drinking lays. your solo and lays. Well, I don't drink the lays. I mean, well, that's, that's a bit gross, but, hey, you do you, mate. So, yeah. Anyway, adios, Cable. Thank you very much for your uh, time. Now, um, just before we go, before we've got a very exciting announcement, actually, to make in terms of we've got something very special coming up. But uh, Sylvan Dorney. 2002, released a little book called Enigma, Enigma Libris, The Book of Symbols. Now, people listening at home can't see this. I'm going to hold this book up for both Matt and uh, Matt to see here. Beautiful little uh, piece of literature. Now, I paid a pretty penny for this book. Basically, I think the only copy that was available in the entire world on the internet. I paid around the $80, $90 mark for this book. That's more than half of what Matthew Carr paid for a Kadena pa- a flag behind him, <laughs> which I'm sure this retailed for like 15 bucks back in 2002 or something like that. Now, I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't read it, but I have read the prologue and uh, the prologue, sorry. And I'm going to read the prologue to you now because 
if this is how good this book is, then I want to keep reading it. Now, I, I've talked to Sylvan. I've mentioned to him about this, and he said, like, mate, like, don't read it. It's crap. Like, get the other ones. And I have. I, I splurged. I got his uh, his other book, The Riddle Library, Book of Symbols, which he said is kind of a reboot of this one. And then also Arcadian Secret under his pseudonym of Mercury Pace. Both of those books are readily available online. You can buy them. But the prologue of Sylvan Dawn is Enigma Libris, The Book of Symbols. We've been waiting all season for this. Matt Matt Carr, have you ever read this? I said you didn't no, have a copy of I... I've never read it, never even seen it in the shops. Nah, no idea. He, he did give a copy to Eddie Maguire, didn't he? Yeah. Eddie Maguire ran out of toilet paper, I think, during the pandemic, and he finally. That's probably the copy it. you've got. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering why it said uh, signed Eddie Maguire. There you go. That makes sense. All right, here we go. Are we ready for this prologue? This is uh, Sylvan's book. Okay. Now, I'm presuming that you know nothing of this book, which is not surprising since you are only just beginning to read the prologue. I believe. It's the best thing since toast, which was an evolutionary step forward from sliced bread. But of course, I think that I wrote it, and I wouldn't have preserved over the years if I didn't like it. Already such a great start here. So just be thankful I did. Otherwise, you would have bought a book with a whole lot of blank pages. An awful waste of money. I mean, that's the first paragraph. Are you not hooked here, people? This is Sylvan to a T. Let us it explore. totally sounds like him. Right? Yeah. Are you not picturing mm. this in Sylvan's voice right now? I reckon he's already or? bored of writing by this stage. He's, I know. Uh, he's, he's like, I write now. No, you don't. You're selling it. Let us explore why I think this is a good book. Firstly, it is generally known that kids are cool, even if adults deny it. And this book is full of cool kids. Secondly, all books should have a happy ending. If anybody says otherwise... That's their problem. And this book somehow does end happily. But mainly, it is because this book has all the necessary ingredients for a good book. Namely, the three M's. Anyone want to guess the three M's at all? Jeez. Um, Three M's. Three M's. Matt, Matt, and Matt. Uh (laughs) Well, it's not a masterpiece. We know that. But uh... (laughs) manipulation? No. Sadly not. Uh, All right. Matty Carr, any guesses you want to tell you? God. I wouldn't even know where to start. All right. Well, you start with magic, mystery, and meaning. Come on. Now, this this is where it gets even better. Magic. There's a lot of M's there. You all know about magic. It's the rabbit out of the hat stuff. It's the card up the sleeve. It's playing computer games. Well, actually, it's not, but computer games are fun, and I thought I would mention them for the hell of it. Sure. This book is full of magic. The land itself, Enigma Enigma Libris, is chock-a-block with stardusty things. There are children who possess shape-shifting gifts, and one of the boys can start a fire with his hands. And, of course, there's a Caducuus. A tough word, I know. Let's go through it slowly. Cadoceus. I mispronounced it. Say it again. Cadoceus. Now, quickly. Cadoceus. (laughs) <laughs> He's phonetically spelling this out. It's brilliant. Now, quickly, Cadaceus. Brilliant. This is a magical staff, which is another word for a wand. I love how he's so, like, technical in explaining things, which can do just about anything. It's so magical, I'm thinking of selling them worldwide. But I'm not going to tell you what exactly it does, as you have to read the book to find out. There is so much magic that it is hard for me to mention it all in this little prologue. So you are just going to have to trust me. Do we all trust Sylvan? We all trust this him. Is, this is no Harry Potter, Ben. Right, right. I know. But hang on. It just keep going. It, it gets there. 
sort of. What are, what are we up to? Ah, ingredient number two, mystery. When I think of mystery, it is always followed in my mind by an ooh. See if it works for you. Ready? Mystery. Ooh. <laughs> there we go. It's working for Maddie D. What is mystery? I don't know. It's too mysterious for me to comprehend, but I can comprehend the mystery in this particular book. Mystery surrounds the book of symbols, which you will discover in chapter two. Now, I hope all of you know what a symbol is. It's like when a picture represents a particular meaning. I love him, Matthew. We are, we are never getting to chapter two. That, Sylvan Dorney, I can assure you. <laughs> For example, a picture of a $5 bill represents happiness. Happiness in the form of soft drinks and chips anyway, laid in solo. Come on. Uh, but you knew that. You're pretty smart. Otherwise, you wouldn't have bought this book or had it bought for you by someone else, which is very smart of you. I mean, being able to use psychotelepathic... I can't say that word. Pathic. Uh, thank you. Powers to get someone else to buy this for you. What a gift. Stop me if I'm rambling on again. Where was I? Yeah. Mystery in the simple book. <laughs> Oh well, God. this book reveals prophecies which may or may not come about. Imagine if you had a book of symbols. It could tell you whether you're going to pass or fail a test. It could even reveal if a certain boy or girl likes you or not. Ooh, kissy kiss. <laughs> The time of mystery is up and it seems I haven't even mentioned what or who this book is about. But this ties in when I speak of meaning. You see, our main man in this book is Sharem. He's well into meaning. He is, in fact, the youngest philosopher in all the world. He lives with his dad, Sebastian, who is older and genuinely recognised as a philosopher. Through his dad, Sharem becomes fascinated by dreams. He becomes so good at recalling his dreams that eventually they become real, and when he dreams of Enigma Libris, a whole new world is created. Now, you'd be pretty freaked out if you discovered a whole world in your dreams, but not our Sharem. He's pretty cool. He takes after me. It actually says that. But I do need to give you warning. This book is not for the faint-hearted. There is evil within. Bad, bad guys who want to kill everyone. Now, I completely despise these distasteful characters. Fancy that, wanting to kill people. Have they no manners? And there is also a war. The very idea of war disturbs me greatly. It must be said that none of the characters in the story were hurt in any way while the story was being written, and most of the characters involved in the war strongly objected when they read the script. There's a script, apparently. Unfortunately, the war was unavoidable. A shame, really. But you're just going to have to read the book and find this out for yourself. Then tell all your friends to buy the book and get them to tell all their friends to do the same. I enjoyed writing this so much, I may just write an entire series. Sylvan N. Dawning. Are we always saying... Oh my god! It, look, if if the bad guy in the series was David Haas, based on David Haas, I might actually read. That would have made it. They at least make the bad guy in the story David Haas, you know. But uh, oh shit, Ben, that's that's five minutes of my life I'm never going to get back. I I love just the references to himself in there and kissy kissy. Now I want to hold this up. I'm not going to explain this to our listeners, but for both our mats, if you can see that picture, try and describe the image that's on the next page in this book. So the image of that, well, that's the the castle looks like. Is it a castle or something on top of the hill with the big walkway sort of lead, going back and forth up the mountain? Looks like a Jesus some, thing. Yeah, like yeah. A, it's like that thing in Brazil that uh, the yeah. Christ of the Redeemer. Yeah, 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 that thing. So this is chapter one, the power of dreams. So uh, no, I won't continue. But uh, hey, if if people are listening and are dying to uh, hear the audiobook version of Enigma Libris, <laughs> the book of symbols, maybe pay me eighty bucks. I can get my money back for this book, and I'll uh, I'll do an audio version. So uh, right, wait, Craig, we've probably a few people are asleep right now. Craig, wake up! Can you Craig, please get, everyone wake can up? Can you give yep. your copy of the book to your to, to your son because you, you mentioned that he's into this sort of genre? Yeah. Let's let's see uh, if he likes it or not. Yep. 
There you go. Uh, Matt oh, C. I still don't know if it's a kid's book or an adult's book. <laughs> fucking who knows? I don't even I've think got no idea. Knows. Yeah. It's an acid trick gone wrong. All right. Um, now, before we close it out uh, by just doing a quick little look ahead to season two and kind of talking our plans, one thing uh, I would like to announce on this show today, which you may have seen, I guess, on our social media by the time you've listened to this, uh, we're very excited to kind of be involved in a bit of a, a collaborative project with a couple of other uh, Australian Survivor media people and kind of fans and, and players along the likes. We have all come together to create the Australian Survivor Hall of Fame. Now, this was a bit of an idea that was sort of discussed a few years ago uh, by, with myself and a couple of other podcasters. It never really got off the ground, but we sort of revisited this idea in the last uh, sort of month or so and kind of put a crew together. And we're very excited for this because we know the US Survivor did a Hall of Fame a few years back. It's kind of been silent for a while, but uh, Gordon Holmes... Uh, sort of put it together and you know it was quite a little fun experience getting the fans engaging and you know if there was a Survivor Hall of Fame I guess kind of how would this work and you know a lot of people will talk about the Survivor Mount Rushmore you know who are the four people you would put on a Mount Rushmore honouring this so you could kind of see this in the similar light but Basically, there's a lot to kind of go into the details, which we're not really going to do today. Um, it's coming in about October. We will release more details through our social media channels, but there is also going to be other social media channels. Just search for Survivor Hall of Fame on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's it's very exciting because this is going to be basically a platform to, to honor the legacy of true greats of Australian Survivor, whether they're a great player, a great character. There's even going to be a category sort of honoring people sort of behind the scenes so covering all the bases. Now, uh, I'll start with you, Matt D, because uh, you're on the panel. You're, you're going to be voting. You're, you're part of the judging committee. And uh, this isn't all just purely judged by an expert panel. This also will have an equally weighted fan voting section of it too. So people listening will be able to get involved. Uh, how, how are you feeling ahead of this, uh, Matty D, the Survivor Hall, Australian Survivor Hall of Fame? Yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of credit goes to you, Ben. I know you've been the real driving force behind this you've, you've talked about it for a long time and um yes yeah, a credit to you for really you know doing the, the hard yards and, and and getting it off the ground but uh yeah look it's exciting i think you know we've we've got a long history of survivor in in this country and uh you know it's been over three different networks we've had celebrity versions you know different lengths of of gameplay you know 39 days and the 55 days into to now 50 days so it's, it's a lot of history i think i think out of probably any country We've got one of the the most sort of random and and, and storied histories of, of this game, you know. It's um, so yeah to have a to have a hall of fame to to give credit to to some of the the greats that have really played this game is is going to be exciting. It's going to be interesting to be a part of. Maddie, see for yourself, uh, kind of you know what are you, what are your thoughts on a hall of fame? Uh, you know, getting the chance to to vote in it, I guess. Uh, I mean, you know, are you thinking already of how many votes you're going to put in for Craig? Yeah, definitely. Um, no, it'd be good to um, get a a ranking and see where all these players fall. Um, there's just so many good players, and particularly that first season. So, yeah, it'd be good. There, there's going to be some sort of rules and stipulations over who you can vote for and things like that. Obviously, uh, you know there will be sort of a, a limit in terms of when they have have to have played, and at least for the first year too, we're going to kind of lock in kind of 
certain elements around that you have to kind of have an equal weight of each of the three periods of Survivor as well to kind of spread it out there because we we obviously are very much aware based on the the fan community 95% of the Australian Survivor fan community are, are very much a Channel 10 centric uh, only so uh, you know if we didn't kind of put these rules in place we would just be purely filled with Channel 10 players and, and older seasons will get ignored and, that, and that's not the point we want to kind of celebrate the entire legacy of Australian Survivor from all eras and not just focus on one versus the other so so stay tuned for that and check out our social media as well. We've put up a little bit of a teaser video there kind of alluding to it. And again, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, best ways to be able to go out there and follow that. Now, closing this out, guys, let's just briefly talk about thoughts going into season two because, you know, our final words will be on season one. But for, for, for you, Matt Carter, just quickly, because obviously... I don't. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't really know kind of your your thoughts, your viewpoint, your your fandom on season two. So I, I would love to hear kind of just your take on season two, celebrity survivor, whatever you want to call it, because I'm weirdly looking forward to this. <laughs> like it's kind of it's a, you know, we are really going switching focus into seasons now that I definitely don't have the knowledge I I had on this season, and I think this might be the most tricky season we will have to cover because. This to me is maybe the least covered season in the history of Australian Survivor. So, yeah, I I would love to hear your take on this, Maddie C, and kind of what's your viewpoint on uh, hearing, you know, thirty odd episodes on season two of Australian Survivor. Well, shockingly enough, I've never seen it. Oh wow! <laughs> there you go. Wow. So, and I was, you know, I'll get um, I'll get around to watching it when you guys get up to you know recording your podcasts again. And um, yeah. I look forward to watching it. Was there a reason? Did you just not when it was on? Did you just? I, I've, that? I've never been a fan of. I, I don't want to see celebrities playing Survivor. I do not, and I that that just sort of turned me off as soon as it was a celebrity Survivor. Hear, hearing that, I mean, I don't even remember this time, but no, I, I, want, I want to watch real people playing Survivor. Well, that's interesting, Maddie. So, what was your thoughts about champions versus contenders? Because I know. Um, when I, you know, obviously I was going to apply for it for no, no matter what, and I was lucky enough to get on it, but I, I still, you know, even then I was like, oh, you know, I, I'd rather have just been on a season. And I was thinking this even prior to starting the game, you know, I wish it was just a season of normal players. And I know like we've had a couple of champions versus contenders now. And, but, um, you know, and we know that the, the, a lot of the champions get paid to be on it. Uh, what's your thoughts of that being, being from that history of not liking celebrities on playing Survivor? Yeah. Yeah, well, let me just say, so season three, I watched it and I thought, oh, this is brilliant. You know, here's Survivor and it's back. Season four, I thought, friggin' hell, they have just upped their game. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. They then announce the champions and um, contenders and... Uh, Straight away, I'm like, no, you're at the top of your game. Why are you going to bring this into it this early on? We don't need this. You've just had two fucking brilliant seasons and then and you're going to, you know, try to pull in ratings with celebrities or champions rather. Yeah. It's, so, um, <sighs> it's interesting. And, and, yeah, sorry. The, the, the first, um, your season was a really good season. And, I, you know, I was actually in the end going for the champions. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It just takes something away. It really does. I um, I look forward to getting into to Matt's season, Matt, because uh, 
I find couldn't disagree with you more. I think it was the worst season of Australian Survivor. So Ben's not a fan of my season. Matt, no, but, uh, no, 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 but, no, no. But but Maddie, just getting back to celebrities Survivor. So I was the same. I when it was shown on Channel Seven, I was travelling, so I never got to saw it. And then back then, you couldn't, like I said, you couldn't go on to Seven Plus or whatever it is and and go and rewatch it. So I I never I never got to see it. And uh, by the time I had played played survivor myself it was the only season of american or australian survivor i had never seen um and then finally um you know just from talking to ben um i watched it and then we've since interviewed amber petty on on the oz network but um but um you know it's actually an interesting season i love the fact it's uh, it's in vanuatu that so it's overseas um and uh, look, it, it, I don't like some of the twists and there's some terrible twists, but um, I think we're going to, Ben, I think we're going to have a fun time recapping it. And there are some great elements to it. Like they get to go into the, they win challenges, uh, uh, rewards. They get to go into the local community, do things. So I'm actually looking forward to talking a lot about that during that season because it's the elements of Survivor I love. I love that you know you're in Vanuatu, like the opening scene with Dicko on top of the volcano, like brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So there's a lot I love about it, but you're right. You you, you can't beat just a normal Survivor season. I think we've got a, a straight set here. I, I'm with you both. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it was on. I, I think, Matt, see, I was exactly with you. I'm like, what is this, Celebrity Survivor? I don't want to see this. Um, and... I only watched this for the first time maybe two years ago uh, when I discovered it on YouTube. I thought, okay, now's the time. And I remember watching going, oh, this is not too bad. Because I, I think that was kind of the opinion uh, leading into Channel 10's version uh, was that the two versions that we had, one was terrible and the Channel 7 one was okay. It was an improvement, but it still didn't stick the landing. And... Obviously, now in hindsight, I would say season one is far better. But having said that, I agree with what you said with there, Matt D, that season two definitely has some really good elements to it. It's got some really good players. And, you know, I mentioned before that Craig is maybe one of the most underrated in the grand scheme of Australian Survivor where they forget about it, forget about them, forget about players. But maybe season two has even more underrated players. David Oldfield, Imogen Bailey, you know, these are two players that would stand on their own two feet against any other player in, in modern survivor going forward. Having said that exactly what you said, Matt D it has some terrible twists. Maybe the worst twist in all of Australian survivor happens in this season when it comes to the end and how the person wins. This is, I believe the only survivor season in the history of the world that every player gets voted out at least once. Now, there's a fun fact for you to remember going into this season. Get, get me on that season, boys. Right, exactly. So it's quirky. It's interesting. It it feels like it is definitely a bridging season because it's got so much old schoolness about it that fits in very well season one. But I would argue there's a lot of new school stuff with the editing and kind of the feel of it. It does feel very modern as well. And it's interesting how kind of I think all of our opinions around it is, oh, celebrities, you know. Like, can we just say the word celebrity in air quotes? Because there's maybe well, like two celebrities that you would argue are bona fide. Dicko is arguably the biggest celebrity on this season as the host of this show. But, boys, it's got Gabriel Richens, the pleasure oh. machine in it. So, you know. you <laughs> Fiona Horn in it. I mean, yes. every, wasn't she a household name in Australia in 2006? I mean, look. 
we'll talk about this at length. Of course, you're not going to have Ian Thorpe playing out there and things like that. I mean, okay, you, the argument is, well, you had Shane Gould and Stephen Bradbury playing different times, different things. It's, it is going to be a fun ride. And let's flat out say that we are probably not going to have the success rate getting these people on the show that we've had in season one. We've, we've had the honor of interviewing Amber before, and we'll no doubt get her on again. We, we have talked and had discussions about getting numerous of these people back when we were trying to do this for the Oz Network. And from what we know, numerous of these people, numerous people are, are still very keen to come on the show. But there's something around the name Ben that clearly is difficult because Ben Dark has still not been on this show. Matt, you haven't found him. We find Ben Wynn, the Marine... I'm saying this now, the worst player in the history of Australian Survivor. <laughs> and I will say that to him if we ever find him. <laughs> That's going to be a fun recap. It's it's fascinating. It's going to be a lot of fun. It really, really is. So um, stay, stay tuned for that when we get to it. Go ahead. And, and that's one thing I really hope that because it sounds like a lot of people haven't seen it. Like we, three of us here, big fans of Survivor, and we never saw it when it, when it, when it aired on TV. And and Maddie Card just said he he's never seen it. So one thing I really hope that our listeners of this podcast uh, and of season one, well, if you haven't seen it, or even if you have, come back rewatch it with us and and enjoy us recapping season two. You know, and if you, if you haven't seen it, definitely. Go back and we'll watch it and and because it, it will be a fun ride. And Matt, Matt, see, you know, it's 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 available on the channel. It's available on the official channel, and I believe every episode's there. Uh, you know, I think they've caught up now. Every single episode is there, so it's readily available. And I, this is a shorter season of Australian Survivor. I think it's only twelve episodes from memory. So I mean, you know, technically, it's, if you take out the specials on season one, it's only one episode shorter, but. Um, you know, it's, this is the shortest one we'll ever do. And kind of, you know, after this, we're going to be in for very long marathon seasons with the Channel 10 ones. But you know what's best about this season? Ian Dicko Dixon. Play hard, play fair, and play to win. Get in, <laughs> get onto it, boys. This is going to be oh, so Dicko time, Matt. It's Dicko time. So good. So, look, we got we got a lot to look oh. forward to. Matty Carr, you're going to enjoy watching it for the first time and and, and going along for the ride. But, uh, yeah, so, look, it's a bit disappointing, guys, that this has come to an end now. We're, we're wrapping this up. It's uh, season one. You know, probably wouldn't will never get spoken about like we have in depth ever again. Um, but I think just closing up for me anyway, I think it's uh, – I hope we've done it justice. You know, I hope we've done it justice for the competitors, you know, the, 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 the contestants of season one. I think – from what we've heard from them, it sounds like they've really enjoyed what we've done. They've enjoyed, you know, listening to everyone's, you know, interviews and, and us recapping it and bring it back into the spotlight. So I just want to say, guys, and to everyone listening, that thank you, um, you know, for everyone that's come on the show. Thank you for our listeners, for being loyal listeners. Um, you know, I've enjoyed even people like Jack Robin, the composer, you know, he, he, he took the time out of, you know, out of his busy day to, to even re-record uh, um, one of the um, the scores of the show. So, um, you know, just, just things like that. It's been, it's been quite amazing. You think that all these years later, nearly 20 years later, people are still prepared to, uh, you know, to, to talk about it, to, to help us out. And um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been fun guys. I've uh, absolutely loved every minute of it. I'll yeah, say some words and set Matt. I just want to, Matt C, um, before I say anything, uh, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I mean, I realize we've been here for about three hours and, uh, you know, it's a bit of a long haul if you're not used to kind of these sort of things. But, uh, you know, one thing I'll say on behalf of 
Matt D and I is that you know we we thoroughly appreciate everything that you've kind of been involved with in the season. You know your, your feedback, your, your fandom, your assistance, kind of in directing us to things like the forums and, and showcasing things. Because I really think it's it's through people like you that we can really try and achieve what we're trying to achieve with this show and get that time capsule really feel what it was like back then because you know i've talked about my storied history with this show in terms of how you know i i've been negative on it in the past and really come around with it matt's talked about his but i mean you you were kind of there you were a fan of it you, you bought flags you bought clothes things like that so yeah i i definitely want to thank you so much for your support of of this season and particularly of our show too because it wouldn't without people like you i, I don't think we'd be doing anything with the show and matt and i would just be talking to ourselves for a couple hours every week so thank you no worries. No, it's been absolutely wonderful what you guys have done. Um, you know, I never thought I would have heard from people like Craig again, uh, you know, any of them. Yeah, this is 20 years ago and I, no one else would have stepped up and done what you guys have done. So thanks heaps. And God, I don't want it to end, to be honest. I really don't. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> I, I want to live in this bubble. Yeah. yeah I really enjoyed it. It is, it is, it is a bit of, bit of it's feeling sad. right now. It is. Because, I mean, it's. It's it's exciting to be able to move on to another season and kind of continue this project. Of course it is. You know, we, we always were planning on moving on to other seasons. But, you know, I've said plenty of times in this show, Matt and I have talked about this off air. Like, I mean, th- this was the one that I was most excited about doing because I think kind of of all the seasons, this is the one that deserves the most celebration. This is the one that really needs to kind of get out there and, and get some yeah. honouring on it because whether you like it or not like this set the framework for what we are today i don't think you know we could be where we are in 2020 with this show if this season doesn't doesn't exist and whether that's based on hey we've got to do things 100 times better than what they did on channel 9 i mean that's still a legacy that it's leaving there to kind of go through so yeah i i i'm glad that you know matt and i have found the commitment to be able to kind of honor this season and i'm glad that we've found people like yourself matt c to kind of listen and, and things like that too so i i thoroughly enjoyed every single hour of doing this you know i've been covering survivor now for nearly 10 years but i don't know if i've had as much enjoyment out of a survivor project as i have as i've had throughout these you know 36 episodes of, of this first season and i thoroughly hope that continues moving forward uh I, I i do want to thank everyone who has appeared on this show throughout the season and i i will name you all because i think it's important to kind of do this so i really want to thank lincoln lucinda jenny uh sylvan david deb Jack, Jack Robin, of course, you mentioned uh, before there again, Matt, uh, Naomi, Craig, Jeff, Lance, Jane, Sophie, Katie, Shona, Karen, uh, Matt, Sean, uh, of course, uh, Pete Dixon, can't forget him, uh, Stephen Peters, Cable, yourself, Matt Carr as well. Uh, and also a big thanks. Our very first ever introduction was done by Mario Lanza, who, of course, is the host of uh, Survivor Historians. If you're a fan of the US Survivor and you've never listened to Survivor Historians, listen to it. It's so much better than our show. Uh, and they're very, very uh, much more in-depth. Stay on topic a lot more too. So um, <laughs> seriously, it's it's a thoroughly uh, great show for any fans of, of US Survivor. They're up to, I believe, they've just finished Heroes vs. Villains and they've just done a redux of borneo so they're about to go into nicaragua so uh great great episodes and ben you forgot to thank amy duggan as well she made an appearance amy duggan of course sorry amy i apologize yes you did absolutely thank you amy for for joining us as well and matt 
D, uh, thank you. I I thoroughly have enjoyed every minute of having your company here. I, I really, really appreciate it. I know it is not an easy feat to balance life and sitting down for a couple of hours. You, you've gotten married since we've started this show. You, you're going to have kids very soon. You've been a busy boy. Uh, so I, I really, really appreciate all your help that you have put into this. Without you, we would not be speaking to these people. I maybe contributed like three or four of these people. You contributed the rest. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping a close look on your strike rate so that Ben Wynn will be on this show at some <laughs> point in the future. And I want to speak to Imogen Bailey. I'm telling you now, Imogen Bailey, I want staring at me in my computer screen at some point in the future. I'm sure we'll get Imogen. I've, uh, you know, not for a while, but I had uh, messaged her a few times, and she was she was keen to come on. She's had a baby recently as well, and you're right, Ben. I've got twin girls on the way, and uh, it's going to change things up for me. Obviously, I'm going to be an even busier guy. But look, I, I love this podcast so much. I love what we do on ASA, so I'm sure I'll make the time. We'll, we'll keep doing it, and we'll, we'll keep going. Maddie Carr, I just want to just echo what Ben said, mate. It's been an absolute. Uh, pleasure to meet you um you know through this pod if it wasn't for this podcast mate I, I, you know we would never have spoken and um you know wouldn't didn't know who you were so it's, it's great that this podcast has brought us together mate um you've been an absolute champion throughout the whole season great to have you on this final final episode today it's something that uh ben and i really wanted to, to have you involved in so mate big thanks for that and ben um look mate you do all the behind the scenes work you do all the social media stuff which is incredible mate the stuff you post um is just you know every day all the birthday stuff for everyone it, it's 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 built a real community i guess around asa and that's all credit to you mate all the editing um yeah look mate it's a, it's a team effort here we're, we we both got skills in different areas and uh, i think we work well together and i'm sure season two is going to be uh going to be another big uh, ride for us as well Bring it on, I say. And I will say that uh, we will be taking a couple of months off uh, with the episodes, so don't expect to hear them uh, next week. Uh, you know, kind of was always a plan with this show that we would kind of bank season to season and then just have some time off in between. So our, our goal uh, is to, I guess, bank some of these episodes kind of before uh, Matt, uh, you know, has a couple of little ones uh, in the house. And then hopefully we're aiming possibly around a January, 2021 release date for, for season two episodes. So, uh, we will maintain a social media presence. It may drop off from daily posts, but there still will be some social media presence there. But if we go quiet for a little bit, we're, we're, we're still around. Uh, we're just, we're busy putting it all together. So best, best way of keeping up to date, follow us on social media channels and kind of, you'll, you'll see what's going on. Subscribe to the channel. And if you've missed any of these episodes, by all means, you, you've got 35 other ones to keep you company over the next uh, four or so months. And Matty Carr, just finishing off, what do you reckon? Like we, we've gone through this whole season about me, about how I was going to release my, my audition tape and all that. Well, I did that. So season two, I think we need to put a bit of pressure on to Ben to, to release something or do something. So we'll think about it. Matty Carr, you think about it as well. And, and maybe when we start off season two, we can put a little pressure on Ben throughout the season. Mate, you're forgetting I got naked. Uh, for this show <laughs> true, so true. you know uh, no I'm down I'm down for a challenge uh, I mean I, I've, I've mentioned I will uh, release the audition tapes when it gets to the channel 10 season so but if you think of something um, yep. you know I I will do it I'm down for a challenge so yeah. sounds good mate sounds good 
Everyone, it has been a pleasure talking season one of Australian Survivor for you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in and listening and going on this journey with us. It's sad to close it out for season one, but we've still got plenty more Australian Survivor to come here on Australian Survivor Archives. Join us in a few months for season two, Celebrity Survivor. It's going to be a fun ride. We're going to play hard. We're going to play fair. and We're going to play to win. But until then, my name is Ben Waterworth. Thanks for tuning in, and we will speak to you next time from somewhere in Whaler's Way, hopefully in the future. I'm going to go pick up something that's chartreuse and wear it. Yep, we'll see you in Season 2, guys, and hopefully by then I've tracked down Ben the Marine. My name's Matt Dyson, and it's been an absolute blast. Hi, it's been 84 days since you last spoke, but I've done it. Well, you're a survivor program. But because I'm not a watcher of television, that's about all I know. But, um, yeah, the city's exciting. I achieved the task I set myself, which was to eat nothing but rice and watch nothing but survival for 84 days. Did you catch it? the last 84 days I've come up with strategies of my own and strategies that have won and lost the previous contestants with a chance to be the ultimate survivor. All these clowns, you know, I mean, look what we're going to work with it. I know, God. So now, you ask me, why should I be one of the 16 competitors to be on the Australian Ultimate Survivor Challenge? Well... Yeah, I love this! <laughs> <laughs> I'm young, I'm fit, I've got strategies that will make me the ultimate survivor. So now, for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to sit by my letterbox, I'm going to wait for the letter to say that I'm going to be in the one of the 16. Thanks. Oh my god. <laughs> Unfortunately, when you've got eight and a half thousand entries, somebody's got to end up in the no bin, and um, it's you, I'm afraid. You guys, Nick, off, please. Oh, all right. Thanks.